Uncensored mine. I am AJ Orsini once again, riding shotgun on this beautiful wave and on this beautiful day is Deceived Dave. And I rhymed completely organically. I'm keeping Ooh. that line. I have to go back now. I don't even remember what the fuck I just said. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Will Ferrell, old school. Like, did I black out? Did, did I black out? I don't even know how that just went, but it felt nice. That's a good omen. Oh, That's well, a good omen. Go. This it's is a good, good start. Be, yeah, we're hopping off to a good start here. Feeling mm. it. Energy level is up in spite of the fact that it is 10 a.m. Yes, it is. Uh, I, we were scheduled for nine, but neither one of yeah. us were man enough. Dude, I can't. Anything before 10 is almost impossible for me, man. I tried. Let's though. just leave it at 10. I tried. From now oh, on. Kicked just... me like six times, dude. <laughs> Let's just leave it at 10. Uh, my schedule is now completely fucked because student, my student teaching has begun. So my mornings and my evenings for the next few months are going to be shit. So we're going to try to make this work scheduling-wise because you also have a pretty hectic schedule. So we're going to make this happen. But uh, it would be remiss if I didn't mention right here off the top, and we're not going to go deep into this. I actually want to talk a little bit about this toward the end. But today is the 20th anniversary of one of the most depressing fucking stories in the history of the United States. Today is 9-11. It is September 11th, 2021. I've told my story, I think, early on in the show, and then I kind of stayed away from it for a while because there's no sense in beating a dead horse. But since today is the 20th anniversary, I will rehash again, but at the end. It has been 20 years. That's Man, let me tell you, 20 fucking years. I'm old as shit. Uh, my life is completely different now. I have a son now, so I, I and he knows nothing of 9-11. Didn't realize that until fucking yesterday when they were playing it on TV and he's looking at this and he's just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, bro, I forgot to tell you. Uh, <laughs> it was like an awkward moment. It was like he watched that and he went, um, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. So this thing happened like 20 years ago. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. We got over it. Uh, well, no, that's according to the TV screen. Never forget. But we'll get into that later. Uh, right. Yeah, so the, uh, this is the 20th anniversary. I wanted to go ahead and, and get that elephant addressed immediately, but I didn't want to talk about a lot of that today because as as, a, as it is a day of remembrance today, we actually have something very exciting we want to talk about in a, mm. po- in a positive light. Oh, wow. Now, normally, Jeez. I know, now, normally, I know, hold your britches, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Whenever we discuss... AEW, whenever we discuss all elite wrestling, I must always use the disclaimer 
that the thoughts and opinions on this show, as I said in the disclaimer, are that of myself and Dave entirely. And the reason why I say that is because I am in the business, and it is every, especially now that WWE has closed the independent wrestling door, it will now be hiring what I can only assume are soccer players and chefs and accountants to be wrestlers from now on. Right. Since apparently getting pro wrestlers is not behooving upon them on their business. Mm. AEW has now become the independent wrestling salvation. The lifeboat, so to speak, on the ocean of despair that is pro wrestling business. Home of the exiles. Yeah, home of the exiles. The headquarters for the, the, for the mit- misfits of pro wrestling. Uh, so before anyone says anything about my quote-unquote written opi- uh, verbal opinion about what's go down, uh, d- do me a favor. Don't listen to the previous episodes involving AEW because you're going to get mixed reactions. Today, <laughs> today I'm going to safely say 80-20 positive. Nothing's perfect. I have my nitpicks. But for the most part, top to bottom. I burnt, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I just burnt so hard I lost, like, hearing for a second. What the <laughs> hell did you just say? Eight, no, no, Your eight, whole what? system shut down from the one burp. I said about 80-20 about positivity. Like, nothing's perfect, right? I have my right. head picks, but for the oh, most yeah, part, yeah, 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 yeah. this oh, was sure. definitely, I mean, I'm usually yoked for a pay-per-view beforehand as a performer my body if i can start out negative because i feel like i i I like uh equivalent exchange and i feel like there's gonna be a lot of positive i want to start negative i have no clue although the only reason why i can see paul white being so deep into the card was because they anticipated cm punk blowing up the building and they needed a cool down it really really killed my immersion putting that match we're gonna get to that because i just bullshit excuse i just it bothered me so much i had to bring it up right away that was a bullshit excuse i was moving and grooving with this whole thing and then that (laughs) i literally forgot about the match yeah Oh, I, wait had, a thing. I had the like, same. I, said, we, I completely forgot that match was on the card. And then when, oh. when the punk match was over, I was like, what the fuck? Dude. Uh, it was like, it, it was oh, like, man. I got it was like, hitting, I was like right there ready to come. And then it just. It, dude, I was stopped. like, it's what like happened? hitting. It's like hitting raw, man, and right before you're about to nut, she's like, put a condom on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Bitch, I'm just going to jerk off in your sink and leave. You just, the disrespect sink. is real. Oh, my God. I was but just anyway, in the skins. What you I, talking? I digress. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's going to be some nitpicks. Matter of fact, most of my nitpicks besides that match, and, you know, that match was deep into the card. My only real nitpicks are kind of early on this card. So it's going to be a lot of positivity toward the end here. But uh, I wanted to open with the bold statement, perhaps, and maybe you can co-sign this, maybe not. Tell me how you feel. This has to be the best pay-per-view they have ever done. That ever. AEW has ever done. This is not only the best pay-per-view they've ever done. This is one of the best pay-per-views I've seen in a while. Period. Just wrestling. Just wrestling in general. Now, I don't want to be that guy. I, I, it's like it kills me inside to be on the hype train because it is great wrestling, and we uh, we have to take what we can get because you never know how long it's gonna be here. But I don't know. I I I get detached when I go on Facebook. If I'm seeing all of the people talking about AEW like this, then obviously there are a lot of people talking about it because I don't have that many wrestling people on there. But it is still popping up all over my like feeds and stuff like that. Yeah. So. 
I don't know. We'll see. I I, I want to ride the train, yeah. but I'm reluctant because I don't. Yeah. I'm like hopping on the van people, wagon with everybody. People take it too far. Oh, it's the greatest pay per view of all time. Stop. The cage match was the greatest match of all time. Stop. Can't it yeah. just be good? It's, it's, Why does it have to be the best ever? That was the that was the one that I got, and and people are gonna fucking hate me when we get to the cage match. But they're like, yeah. oh, it's the greatest cage match I've ever seen. Suck all the dicks. Not even like a select few. All I do want to I like, do want to start. I do want to start talking about this by also saying that had to have been one of the greatest wrestling crowds anybody can ever perform. Yeah, if these yeah. guys went Chicago's out, if they one. went out there with their tank on like eight, it was the crowd that put them out of ten. Yeah. Because that energy in there, I felt it sitting in my living room, dude. Yeah. Holy Chicago crap. is the number one wrestling city in America. Holy That's crap. why they're that there they, all the time. They had a 12th man in the building yeah. for sure, dude. <laughs> yes. We are the North. We oh, my <laughs> God. I'm like, I got chills thinking about that crowd, dude. That crowd, if, if CM Punk would have come into the ring and dropped his trunks and took a shit in the middle of that ring, they would have fucking set off the Richter scale. They were ready for just about anything that they had out there. And they usually tend to be, but thankfully this pay-per-view delivered. Right. So I think it, it helped. Really I think it helped with the audience participation. Like you said, if the, if the show itself was an eight, that audience brought it to a 10. They were fucking up for it. Absolutely. They were so excited. And I love how they didn't just save their energy for CM Punk. They gave everyone who came out that curtain well, that energy. That's actually part of my critique. And we're going to get into this now because we've got a lot of matches to get into. Mm-hmm. I don't normally go match by match, but I am possessed. I oh, we're to, going. We're, I have to do this match to match. This is a whole ride. So if you guys yeah, are sick of listening to AEW <laughs> for now. Yeah, I know. One. I know that ours. We have the. I'm excited yeah, to talk about this. We we um have the benefit. I I see it as the benefit. We have the benefit of doing our. Uh, we release our shows on Saturday, and this pay per view took place obviously this past Sunday, and uh, so a whole week almost to the day uh, has gone by. We're actually recording this Saturday morning, so it's going to go up later today. So we, uh, literally a week, uh, six days, uh, almost a week. Has gone by, and every podcast, every person on the planet who gives a shit about any wrestling at all has already talked about this about a thousand times. So like my brother just said, if you're sick of hearing about it, turn it off. But I promise you, you're going to get some insight here today you're not going to get in other places. Because A, I've got the experience, and B, Dave just doesn't give a shit about who he fucking shits on. So we're just going to go. If Dave gets through ten matches and only shits on two, it's a victory. You have won. (laughs) Because Dave has spent most of his podcast career just destroying these shows, but I think we're going to go the opposite way today. Yeah, so I think let's we're looking pretty good. So we're let's looking pretty solid. Let's start off. I I I sent you the show, and I specifically sent you the pre-show match just so you'd be completely up to date on everything. And that pre-show match was good. The ten-man tag team match, best friends with Wheeler Yuta as new member of best friends. Jurassic Park against the Hardy family office. Matt Hardy, private party, and the hybrid two. And you said, what? It was awesome? Oh, dude, this match was insane. They, these guys were so all over this. At one point, me and my buddy was laughing because it was like, we don't think they know who's the who is the live person in the match right now. No. So, because we lost it. I, we, 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 we lost who the main person was in the match. And they just started going absolutely bananas. And at one point, someone pulled someone over for a pin. 
And I'm like, me and my boy were like, no, 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 no. That's not the legal guy. That's not him. I know for sure it's not him. So they went through the entire match. It was absolutely bonkers. I don't like uh, multi-man matches. I say that all the time, but this was great. It was entertaining. They were killing it. Everybody was all over the place. The energy was great. And then when the match was over, we went back. I'm not even kidding you. I went back and damn near went frame for frame. They kept up with everything. They knew they were right 100%. There was a tag that unless you rewound it and watched it slowly, you don't see it. At one point, we we thought Sone was the live person, but it was actually Jungle Boy. But you have to go back and watch it because it was literally like one frame and Jungle Boy's like down in the corner and he tagged him. Oh, question. If you make a tag through the middle of the road, no, that's not legal, is it's it? It's not legal, no. And that's what he did. Yes. Because they don't so. give a shit about tags and age. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have a new, I, noticed, I, I have a new drinking game that I would like to pitch because it happened about three times on this show, and I've been noticing it on Dynamite a lot too. I, I want to create a drinking game for AEW, and that drinking game being every time the referee is on camera and you physically see him throw his hands up in frustration, I want right. I want everybody to take a fucking shot because these referees get buried every fucking match you have the benefit of being able to go back and rewind to keep track as to who was what in the ring as it's happening <laughs> it has to be frustrating for these referees it has to be right. this is is it's insane i get what you're saying about the action and i enjoyed it i actually got into it because you know having these the what we, what we call car crash matches these yeah, are fun sort of from time to time yeah. to have, especially at a pay-per-view like this, right. which was loaded with so many wrestling matches. It was nice to have the one match where you can just take all the high-fly guys and just go, okay, go nuts, right? right it's on the pre-show, so you're you're not being held to any real strict time schedule because all it is is promos and build-up in between and at, I mean, before and after. So they could literally just go nuts, do whatever you fuck you want to do, especially with Cassidy in there. The match is already over. Jungle Boy's in there. You got some over-talent. But as far as officiating and keeping track of everything that's going on, it has to be fucking impossible to be. And, and like you said, the guy, the re, the reason why I'm pretty sure the boys were able to keep track is because there weren't many fucking tags in the first place. Right. So the guy who was legal five minutes ago is probably still the legal man. That's how you're able to keep track of who's legal by not doing a whole bunch of tags. Keeping that slim so that when you go nuts, it's easy to, it's easy to keep track of. You got guys like Chuck Taylor in there who's been doing this for years. Matt Hardy, obviously. You got a lot of veteran talent in this match. They're going to keep track to a degree. But you got to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. So for that fact alone, keeping it simple and just letting the young guys just do all their flippity do shit, it was cool. It was. Right. I got into it. Nine minutes, 25 seconds, 10 minutes. That's pretty cool. For a 10-man tag, 10 minutes is not a whole lot of time. They could have went longer. They dude. could they have. To, they, had to, they had to buy time at the end. Well, had to buy almost like another ten minutes. Yeah, well, you know, they, they maybe, have more time. Well, you know, you get ten talents into the ring and you only give them ten minutes, you're gonna get the cliff notes, and that's kind of what happened. Right. You know, there was a lot of this spot, this spot, getting into this spot. And that's kind of what that was. And when this happens from time to time, cool. The problem with AEW is that matches like this happen all happen all the time, and that's when it starts to lose its specialness. Put a pin in that. For when we get to the cage match, but yes, th this was a pretty cool match. If you if you take this just for what it is, and just you know, don't worry about how because they did a promo package. But at the same time, like even if you didn't see that, like if you're not watching week to week, and you just Cole just sat down and just saw what these guys can do, you'd be into right. it. You'd be into it. It'd be pretty cool.
Uh, I'm, I'm, because I'm liking what they're doing, and I, I like judging it for what it is. Because WWE has these matches too, but they don't give them to you for free. They just they give it to the people who's in the building, which is fine. But I really like that they use these matches as like a hook on, on YouTube, and and hope people kind of want to buy the pay per view just off of these matches. Matches, and to be honest with you, if I'm just if I'm if I'm flipping around and I see this going on, and I watch this match, this one. Might have got me got me going uh, with the energy in the building and, and the way that it went. I definitely would have would have bought the pay per view just just off of that match alone. So yeah, it it's they, I like that. I like that they're doing that. It's, that's cool. It, it's different. So there you go. And uh, we step away from the pre show. We do a little bit more hyping. We get talk. Here we go. All right, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, the pyro. Hit. Actually, I'm old school. Cooking. When they do the uh, when they go to black. See, I'm old school, and you'll you'll be able to identify with this because we've seen it a thousand times. As a matter of fact, we've spoken on it when we were kids. But I don't know uh, if it still gets you the way that it still gets me. But when the screen goes black from the pre show, and we come back to the FBI warning. Mm-hmm. Where it's like unauthorized, blah, blah, blah. like oh shit, <laughs> we're starting. We're, we're starting. Rolling. This is it. And uh, you know they got the py- their pyro game is a one right now. They obviously got the presentation down right. The set looks nice. He's got the pyro going. They cut away from the pyro to do the fan scan, and I gotta tell you, just right off the bat to jump on what you said at the start, you fans that were in that building, y'all were the MVP. Because yeah. that scan, when they came from the pyro and did the fan scan and they they put the graphic up, Chicago, Illinois, blah, blah, blah. And you see these, these people were on their fucking feet to start. They were, Whoever came out of that curtain first was just going to get splooged all over. It, they were ready for it. They were right at the edge. And that song hit, that Kingston song. I was like, oh, perfect. Cause I get hyped off that Eddie Kingston song when Justin it's, Roberts. It's one of the best ones. When, yeah. uh, that just, I gotta feel that one in real life, dude. That one hit so hard. <laughs> that 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 little that little violin thing in it. I'm like, oh shit. I gotta get that T-shirt too. Oh man, oh redeem these nuts. I found it. I saw. I got it. I still have it up. I'm buying that. Buying that T-shirt. I love that. Oh shirt. man! So we've got Miro defending the AEW TNT Championship against the Mad King Eddie Kingston, and you said you were into this match, right? You got into uh, it. Oh, absolutely! Well, he always gets me hooked because right. of that theme, so it doesn't matter. I'm always gonna be hooked at the start of an Eddie Kingston fight. But I, I, I also get chills because he gets an Eddie chant, like Guerrero, yeah. like Guerrero used to get. So like to have him pacing, Eddie, Eddie is like I'm like my old school. I'm getting goosebumps now. Thank so you. So the so this this match is is a prime example of exactly what we were talking about before with Eddie. Right, he has a certain look, he has a certain speed, he has a certain style, and sometimes with the wrong person, it just looks weird. Right, him and John Moxley. Although I'm sure they've been doing it together for a very long long time. Certain things stand out. Their styles, they just sometimes they don't similar. mesh. So it looks it looks weird, right? Yeah. This looked fucking perfect with Miro's gimmick and the way that he moves, the way he's been just absolutely killing it. And Eddie's personality together made Eddie look less awkward. I'm just talking visuals at this point. I'm not even talking a match. I'm just talking right. these two personalities coming together just meshed. 
They matched so good. The fighting style didn't even look too goofy. And the match actually ended up going a little bit different <clears throat> the way that I thought anyway. I, I seriously thought Miro was going to give him the beats, and it was kind of the other way around. Yeah, and that's where they lost me. Really? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. So, I, like I said at the beginning, I was hyped, right? Like, this is a good opener. I get it, right? Eddie's, Eddie's got the crowd. Uh, Miro is, uh, although a heel, is he's getting all the right reactions, right? Like, he's he's getting heat. He, the people... People like him to a degree, but at the same time, I do think he's a dick. So the the two his storytelling in that match, yeah, the two of them together are like you said that they mesh. Where and I don't know if you remember, but I said on the podcast before it came out, I said the only thing that Eddie can do wrong is try to go move for move with him, either stay on top of him or sell a whole bunch, right? Play the underdog rule up. Eddie's not a small guy. But next to Miro, it works, right? Because Miro looks like a fucking destroyer. He looks like a, a serious ass kicker. Right. So get your ass kicked. Come out from underneath. Keep the. That's how you're going to keep the the audience on your side. You do a bunch of shit in the beginning. You get your shine, and then Miro cuts you off. He beats the shit out of you. Yada yada yada. Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. That's not what happened here. They the one thing I said don't do was the one thing they did, which was Miro would do some shit. Eddie would do some shit. Mirror would do some shit. They went back and forth, and that's where they lost the audience because there's no sympathy in that. You don't look right in that position because to go, you either got to get under. You, if you're gonna go toe to toe with a guy who looks like that, you you better have your shit look good. And Eddie's only real weakness. I love him to death. His only real weakness is he's not exactly technically inclined. He he's got two left feet sometimes. Hell of a wrestler, can do all the cool... You saw in this match, a bunch of suplexes he's picked, which is another thing. Miro shouldn't be coming off his feet like that, bro. Like, one or two, when you have that desperation side Yes to, or no, but Miro's different in that. No, I'm yeah. not saying he should be the traditional <clears throat> big guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying right. for the sympathy of the match. Right. You don't appear like you're fighting from underneath if you can just toss him at will. Right. You can't sell for five minutes and then throw him around with ease. Well, the maybe they don't plan on going too much farther with this. Maybe not. Maybe because not. if not, if not, then doing it your way would be telling a story uh, in, a, in a different way and like something like a little bit more longevity out of the story. Or they could just be blowing their load and they want to have the big blowout because this I don't think would have the impact that you're saying. If this went on a little bit longer and Eddie has been getting his ass beat, right? I think it would look a little bit better. But because they really just haven't been feuding that long at all, it was a like one-off. Re- all right, all right. So, yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying. The match was I I liked it. I it liked wasn't the, a bad I liked, match. I liked Miro most of all. To yeah, be honest with he you, he looks like, great, dude. He not only does he in great shape because I, I I'm never gonna let that go, dude. He was. He was a chunky guy. He had a lot of stomach. <laughs> it was heavy, and he is in great shape. He He's out there telling good stories. He's gotten a lot better on the microphone. This dude is just he's, – he's just leveling up, man, and it's just nice to see it. I liked it. Uh, I was impressed with Eddie. I'm I'm on your side with the – the way he came with the way the, the match actually unfolded. Yeah, I but felt like they lost him. I felt like they had him, right. and then they lost him because they at the middle – like the finish was good, the beginning was good. Somewhere in the middle, it got choked up, and it was visible to the audience, and they lost them. 
Really? Because I the audience they was were going nuts. Not the whole time. I didn't feel that way anyway. I don't know if they I dialed like it back, but I was like, I, I, that was my feeling sitting on the couch. I'm like, oh man, they're losing them. They're losing them, Eddie. Come on, you had them. Get them back. That's funny because I feel that way about a different match. That I, I feel I, that way probably the next one about a different. No, but I feel that way about a different match. So. Okay. But yeah, I, I'm not saying this was a bad match. I actually liked oh, it. Oh no! But no, no, no. Uh, but this I I saw the potential to do something else, and I was just like, ah, damn it, we should have did that. But it, I'm no, glad you're I'm glad you're bringing that up. Let's let that be a theme because I have a, a okay. I guess would be a hot take at the end of this. So okay. all right, all right, all right. Well, that moves us on to the next match. Then John Moxley. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask Xander because I can't remember the dude's name, and I'm pretty sure Xander knew, and I just forgot. But the ring announcer from fucking New Japan. Mm-hmm. Like he does most of it in Japanese, but he's so amazing. John Moxley, like he's so great. Uh, John Moxley against Satoshi Kojima, and I don't know, bro. <laughs> you mentioned earlier Paul White and QT Marshall. This match was my Paul White QT Marshall. I didn't give a really? shit. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I see here the only disconnect. The only disconnect. So again, the crowd. This is and this is why I love the crowd, man. Because when you had moments like this, it just helped. It just really helped. Like I don't know Kajomia, whatever the hell Kojima, you say his yeah. name, right? I'm not a New Japan guy, right? Um. But Moxley obviously had a chemistry with him. Moxley went in there to me and and made you feel if you knew him, you know, you're you're getting a, a decent match or a good, I think it was a good match between two of them. You know, there's a lot of striking, there's a lot of physical hits, but it just felt like the crowd did shift. You could definitely point out the hardcore wrestling fans in that in that crowd that in this match. Right. Because it they were going nuts for this. They loved it. They loved it. So you could feel that. But obviously, you could also see the people was like, oh, yeah. I mean, this is cool. Yeah. But this, I, the, this was the match for the people who was in the know. Right. This is this is the hardcore wrestling fan match. This Can we, can we real quick, can I just slide it here? Uh, can we stop throwing the word legend on every Japanese guy that comes? Every single one. Because the what a part, a part, small part, just a small part of me have been really disappointed with this forbidden door nonsense because the people who are walking through that door, I don't give a fuck about. This is like when they did the WCW-WWE invasion. It's like, oh my God, WWE versus WCW is going to be great. And then Sean O'Hare shows up. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. That's not who I wanted. Where's Sting? Where's Goldberg? Where's all this stuff? There was a real tease that we would get Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's the match I give a fuck about. But we didn't get that. We got him and Kojima for whatever reason, which is fine. Kojima's not a terrible wrestler. But every single time Moxley fights a Japanese guy, oh, he's a Japanese legend. I'm like, no, he's not. Maybe in Japan. Maybe not disrespect him in that way. Maybe in Japan you're a huge deal. Here, no one knows. Right. No one knows. They have to either YouTube the guy or fucking Google him beforehand, at which point you've wasted your time. But I feel like that's all New Japan people around here, man. I'm sorry. I think I, I think the people who know these New Japan wrestlers in the wrestling world here is so minuscule. Like, I would yeah. say it's under 1%, dude. I don't think it it's matters a, either way. It's a niche. Even people who are hardcore wrestling fans don't know who all of them are. Right. You know, the New Japan names that pop out, Okada, Tanahashi, Osprey, Gato. Uh, there's a number of people, uh, T- Takagi, 
Shingle. There's a lot of guys that are on top at that promotion that if they came, we'd be like, holy fuck. But none of those fucking guys have walked through that door. It's Yuji Nagata. And no disrespect to him. I was a huge Yuji Nagata fan in fucking 1998 when he wrestled Chris Jericho and Ding Malenko on Nitro. I was all about the Nagata lock back then. Trust me. But not in fucking 2021. And it's the same thing for Kojima. I've heard the name before. I've well, never I actually hear that excuse. I, I'm still looking at Sting's face, so oh, I, mean, sh- I can't have that but at argument least he, with but, one guy but and feel the same way as someone else. Right, fair enough. But to Sting's Sting is actually a very similar case to Kojima because although Sting does have experience wrestling in Japan, I wouldn't necessarily call him a massive success to the Japanese audience. They know of him, just like right. we know of Kojima. But if you went to if you went to Japan and you were like, oh the wrestling legend uh, you know sting and they're like oh i mean he was cool but, huh. but legend i don't know he's no misawa he's no kobashi he's i mean they will just go down the line of all the people he's not same thing right. here right and i'm not even comparing him to great american stars I, i'm comparing him to the japanese ones we currently have if right. you had to rank him amongst all japanese stars he's not even a top 10 player mm. and i don't know if any new japan fan will say otherwise than that and yet when he gets on the AEW broadcast i mean they have to put him over obviously they're working with a right they're working with new japan but i can't i'm sorry i can't buy that well and i, I mean, don't think they gotta do it for us it. too yeah I don't right think like like for me like for me they're like I, i'm not gonna have i, I barely have interest as it is because yeah. i don't know the guy Right, yeah, and right. then you tell me, oh, this guy is, uh, you know, he's he's about eleventh place, twelfth place overall in New Japan. Like, nah, fuck, yeah, you can't give him, yeah, you gotta bitch tell warmer. me, legend, lie to me, man, <laughs> lie to my face. This guy's See, a but fucking the, the, god over but there. But the lie oh, okay. has the the lie has to be somewhat believable, you know? Right? Like, well, you it's get a, believable <laughs> to me. I wouldn't know any better. <laughs> well, I can't call you a liar. You would, you would know. That's it. No, no, fuck it. This guy's. Yeah. A legend okay moxie I, versus a legend i so felt was... like the miro kingston match started off great and then they kind of lost him and then i think that hurt moxley and kojima because i felt like the audience had kind of come down a little bit and this match well again good like if you right. just take the match for what it is it wasn't a shit match they had a brawl they had a fight it was it was dope i'll, I'll but... give you i'll give you that it was different but yeah. I won't give you that they died. I, I think the energy was still very well alive. I felt it. It kept me interested again. Like I said, the at this moment in time in the match, the crowd is is really carrying this this pay-per-view so far, <laughs> man. They just got me in it. So far. I really hope they do eventually get to that uh, Tanahashi match. I don't know the logistics as to why it hasn't happened yet. I was under the impression that uh, Moxley and Archer – drop that belt so that it could happen so i don't know why it has i know happened. the hardcore yeah. fans will see a difference but i'm gonna be honest with you man if i watch what you just said versus what i watched here i don't think i'd be able to tell the difference in match i think they'll both still be good and like that's about it as far as tanahashi has a much bigger see. following here if you're if you're Giving the audience the credence for making matches better. That if 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 Tanahashi and Moxley wrestle the same exact match that Moxley and Kojima had, the audience would throw the babies in the air because it was Tanahashi. 
Okay, I got you. Just based so he, on he, the fame of it. So he actually legend. Yeah, he, him actual legend. <laughs> yes, him actual legend. Yes. All right. Uh, the, 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 he is the ace. I mean, even I, listen, I'm no fucking New Japan Mark, but I, even I have to tip my cap and kneel before the greatness that is the ace. It's Tanahashi. So I, I give him all the credit in the world for that. And, and, that's, and that's, that's the dream match that Mox wants. That's the one guy in Japan, uh, to my knowledge, I don't think he's faced yet uh, since his uh, revival in the independent wrestling world. So we'll see. We'll, we'll keep our eye open for that. But uh, I, I, you and I so far have disagreed on this, on this uh, audience participation deal. But fear no longer mm-hmm. because I'm back. I'm back. I got it. This is this is the one. This I told you. this is it. I said it. Doctor Britt Baker, <clears throat> DMD, and you got to do the hand motion. Got, if you're not I, doing I did. Yeah. I did. I did. Okay, because I, I did it with you, yes. but I just I did it to cover you just <laughs> in case. Did. It was the backup. Okay, okay, okay. All you, right. You right. provided a fail safe, and it's, I appreciate that's, that's that. That's it, man. I'm I'm here for you. <laughs> Britt Baker and Chris Statlander, they got him back. Because oh this audience went absolutely fucking bonkers right. for this fucking match. And for mm-hmm. everybody out there that will criticize the fact that, and I, I was with them, I was with them until I saw the actual match happen. But there was a lot of criticism, not about the match, but about the idea that because this was all out, this is like their WrestleMania type deal. This is their big show. And there were a lot of people that were kind of on the fence about this match because they thought this was a wonderful time to bring back the rematch between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. People were like, this is it. This is, this is where the rivalry should culminate, right here. Only reason I think they didn't do that is because if you do that, you might have to drop the belt to Thunder Rosa, and I don't think they're ready to do that yet. I think Britt Baker right now is the hot hand, and they're going with it. So Statlander was... On paper to them, an opportunity for Britt Breaker to get a huge win on a big pay-per-view. Right. And if that was the idea on paper, chef's kiss. It worked. Gangbusters. Chris Statlander brought it. Mm-hmm. She brought it. This was a hell of a match. I think she saw an opportunity to get over here. Oh, and she it, did And it. it worked. And it worked. I'm sold. I'm definitely Chris Statlander fan <laughs> for sure. Chris Statlander her fucking intro, right. her presence, her body. Like she's a big body. She's imposing. She yeah. she's big enough to, like I said, um, impose on the champ while also not being too big to make it look like what? How was she winning? Yeah. So yeah, I, I, this match was. Freaking! I, I liked it. So wait, yeah. it sounds like you didn't like it. No, 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 no. I was in love with this match. I loved it. Okay, okay. I okay, loved okay. it. I thought it was great. Uh, I didn't need. It was kind of funny because I actually thought like this was one of the one matches where the shit on the outside took away from it. Mm-hmm. Jamie Hader and Rebel and Orange Cassidy being on Chris Lander's side. Man, I would have just loved to have seen these two just do it. I, I need AEW to make a, a full grown decision. Is Britt Baker going to be a heel or a face moving forward? Because she does all the heel shit. She gets all the baby face reaction. I get it, right? The whole, what did Xander say? The whole stone cold effect. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it sometimes gets confusing as far as what are these finishes supposed to accomplish? Because she's apparently already over as fuck. There's no doubting that, right? DMD, the music, the whole deal, the whole you know, attitude and everything she's got going on. She's over as fuck. Mm-hmm. 
if you wanted to do the Austin, because remember, Austin was an anti-hero. He, he was still talking crazy and flipping people off and jumping people and doing all that stuff. But he actually did behave very baby faces. He saved other baby faces. You know, he only really retaliated. He never really went on the offensive unless it was for something, some sort of special occasion. Britt Baker is talking like a heel, but she's not really performing much like a heel. But yet, she gets booed in certain cities. She gets sh- It's such a unique, like, it's weird, her situation and how she's being booked and being well, presented. I think it just comes down to the fact that she is trying to do everything she can to get the heat, but people just love her, man. She's just, she's just so, she's so over. She's, it, it, and that's the, you know, that, and that's the, not the benefit, the opposite of that. It's the downfall of, of, you know, just fans. being so good being so good on the mic and you know having these great matches and being so ring aware and just having a presence of being a high level wrestler when not to say that she doesn't have uh that she doesn't have good wrestlers around her it's just she just kind of stands out so she and she's unique right now so it's really hard to boo her because you, you know her matches are going to be fire but yet she's like calling your dog stupid at the same time so it's just like you you, you know you should hate her but i mean it's Britt baker though. like, like I you are a bitch but there's something there's, about you there's something about you like you look i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna be mad i'm gonna have an angry face but i'm gonna applaud yeah i'm gonna applaud i'm gonna be clapping so it's just one of those people things. straight up Right, which is that, which is like, oh, is that your problem? Yeah, she's I mean, not she's doing the heel tactics. Even if you don't want to do like dirty pins or, well, I was gonna say low blows, but that would be an effect. You're miss like like those uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy games. Miss, uh, it, it, you know, just you know, a foot on the rope, a pull of the tight, and a guy gouge something. She she's wrestling these matches straight up, and she's just. Event, you know, eventually when you show that kind of heart and that kind of technical awareness in a match, you're. you're that's where I think you're getting your baby face stuff from because you're you're not. I mean, do you want to know something up. funny? I think it would go the opposite direction. You think they'd be more into it? I think no, no, no. I think <clears throat> no. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I meant to say I think she would have the same effect. That's why I don't know why I fuck I said opposite. I think she would have the same effect going the other way. I think that's what I meant to say. If mm. she was a face, I think she would still get the same reaction. There would be people who can't stand her, and there were people who love her, and the crowd would act the, the exact same way. Probably, I, I'm telling you. But I think I think the shirt would fit better if it did that. I don't think so because I don't think her her personality she would. would be better as a face. I don't know if she can pull face off from what I'm seeing. Well, maybe she and maybe, maybe that talks well over. to. Maybe that talks more to the fact that she's a heel, or she's just naturally better as a heel i don't know but i can't see her as a face and i think because of that people would still love her for how good she is and would cheer for her and then there would be some a lot of people who may or may not like the fact that she is a face because they don't like it or it just looks unnatural and then boo her so i think she i think she's damned if she do and damned if she doesn't so 
the John Cena of the AEW women's division. I mean, yeah, Let's I mean, go. I guess. <laughs> I guess. That's, oh that's a God. nasty comparison, but I mean, yeah. That was the comparison to one of the goats, right? There you go. There I mean, I, yeah, there you go. He's the one who plowed through as a babyface no matter what. She's plowing through as a heel no matter what. Hey, someone's going <laughs> to do it. Now imagine if they went head to head. <laughs> oh, man. She tap him out with that lockjaw, baby. Cena would be so as so lucky to have a match. Oh my god! He, I like the I like the Orange Cassidy uh, explosion. He cared for a second there. That was pretty cool. <laughs> He's like, get in there! Like, oh shit! He actually look. He cares about something. He cares about something. <laughs> look at him show all that emotion. <laughs> he cares about Chris Statland. Oh, I don't blame little, him. That's his little sister. Oh my god! That's why he got all hyped. Oh man, speaking yeah, there, I love it. Oh man, speaking, was good. Speaking of hyped, I <sighs> wouldn't. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying pre-match or post-match? Well, the, the, where there was hype. Yes, I'm assuming in the beginning it would be pre. And right. then, uh, and then uh, post it got. Oh, so you're saying hand. both? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was like a little bit of. I mean, for me, I think on the show that we did with Xander, I, I think that I was. I think was I, was it me? I think it was me that was like, I really don't care. Like we really didn't talk about this match a whole lot because it, it's a it's, it's a repeat episode. It's a repeat episode. It's the same thing. Every fucking time, it's the kitchen sink over and over. It's a repeat episode. The only thing they changed was the confines, which would be the cage. They couldn't do their goofy little dives to the outside. That was the only. That's how they made it challenging for themselves. They were, you know, wants to have the same match. Oh, they made dives to the outside. They just didn't get any distance. Oh Jesus! So (laughs) we're talking about obviously. There's no longer. Can't beat around the bush any longer. We got to get into it. The steel cage match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Young Bucks defending against the Lucha Bros. Which, shout out to Mikey Ruckus, who was the gentleman in the hat uh, who was who started off the rap. That is Mikey Ruckus. He is the music and sound engineer for AEW. He's the one who creates all the original themes for AEW. And... The man who created not one but two of Orsini's Uncensored Minds uh, theme songs. That's Mikey. That's the guy, that song you guys heard at the beginning of this. With the da, da, that the, oh, oh, that was Mikey. Mikey did that. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So, cool. uh, so we have a tie there, a little show connection. Oh, uh, yeah, between, there you go. Between hey, all see? out, a little between all out and Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Our guy was out there. No, oh, um, God. Not even reclaiming this. Dude. Well, he still, we still talk. He still works. He, was, he, he created the theme that I had before, the one just before the new one when you came on. That bam, 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 that one. He created that one for me. Oh man, two. I was in Flatbush so about two years ago, about 2019. He sent that to me. We got that done about two months after. Uh, he made that theme for me, and it went public and all that stuff. Uh, that's when he announced he had gotten signed by AEW. He's been with them ever since, and um, we still talk. And I, you know, I was, I've been trying. I've been every time he makes a new theme, I press him. I'm like, yo, you gotta pass me that Sting thing back right now. Like when, <laughs> if, like when Sting debuted, I was like, yo, right now, email Sting thing, give it to me right now. I know you got an MP3, pass it over. 
And because uh, normally, you know me in, in wrestling teams, I'm a mark from wrestling teams, and I collect all of them. So this time, the one major company on the planet, and I know the sound guy. So guess what? I'm pulling all the favors. I want all the music. Private Damn. party, pass it over. Da, 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 da. The current one that we have, the one that we just started using, he did that for me while he was in AEW. As a matter of fact, that's why it took longer to fucking get because he was, you know, he's sending me messages. You know, I'm, I'm working on a theme for Dustin. I'm like, cool, for Dustin, uh, let's go and move ass on my shit, please. <laughs> my t- order was in first. Yeah, you tell Dustin Rhodes I said. <laughs> Whatever he's paying you, I'll double it. Uh, so Mikey was the one who started off that performance, and then he brought in his buddy who did the dropped the lyrics for the actual Lucha Bros theme. That I, what did you think of that entrance with the headdress? Oh, dude, and, that was uh, it was cool. She was hot. Some it man. was it was fire. That that theme song is really good too. Ciro, I was like, oh shit, I was feeling it. Oh man, yeah, the headdress and everything yeah, like that. That they, was that was really cool. They I, went full Mexican. I was actually shocked, like. When I saw that, I'm like, okay, they. I don't know what it was about that intro. I was like, okay, wait a minute, they might, they might actually. I didn't think. Yeah, Xander was the one who predicted the belts would drop here. I told they might. I told him he was crazy until I saw the live thing. That yeah, when I saw the intro, I was like, okay, they're taking this dude serious. It's over. (laughs) They might take this. I still didn't believe it was gonna happen, but because you gotta, you can't believe it till you see it. It's the Bucks. It went from a hundred (laughs) percent chance to like, okay, ninety nine. They might actually drop these belts. might actually do this shit and uh, that was that was cool uh so yeah i mean intros aside what can you possibly say about this match that hasn't been said uh, a no times? so i didn't uh, i don't read people's bullshit so i'll okay. just tell you what i thought go for it. It. i thought go for it. i thought fresh uh, set of eyes go ahead <laughs> i honestly thought that they the this is one of the Oh my god, it fucking kills me to say it because I hate that the young trust me, the young bucks young bucked in this. But <laughs> overall, overall, it was yeah. a really good match. I thought it was a great match. I think they had great utilization of the cage. They did uh-huh. quite a few spots and it actually made the cage feel like it was there for a purpose. Right. And you made a good point a second ago because I didn't think about it that way. Is that yes, these guys are high flies, they're all over the place. And yes, the, the cage was to restrict people from coming in and stuff like that, but they use that to confine them into a space to where, yeah, they're still doing these crazy spots, but they, they can't go anywhere. So then they have to use the cage. So it just made like the cage feel like there was a purpose for it being there. You know, they made it bloody, which is to be expected. Uh, I don't know. I, I really thought it was a good match. I thought this was going to be terrible and extremely boring. It had me hooked the entire time. I mean, the Young Bucks has a gimmick I don't like, but I will give it to them. This is probably one of the better matches that I've seen them in. Uh, and like I, like we said before, I was I was shocked they dropped the, the belts. I didn't see them dropping those belts, man, but they did, and they gave them their moment. So I was pretty cool. This, this was the, the – I know I, I was criticizing them by saying, you know, this is – you know, it's a young bucks match, right? So this is this is what the young bucks do. This is this is how they perform. And not for nothing, I keep saying a young buck match. This is a Lucha Bros match too. When right. when the Lucha Bros are not wrestling the young bucks, it still looks like this, right? right? And, and, and that and that was <laughs> my take on this, yeah. right? Like this is young bucks, sure, but this match, like yeah, I've seen this, the young bucks before. This, this is was, the Lucha Brothers making this hot. Yeah, this was the Lucha Bros doing their fucking thing, doing what they do. It, these two teams together. <laughs> it's, it's, 
I've seen them a thousand times, and they had to mention it on the show. Um, I think it was Excalibur who had mentioned that these two teams have competed against each other quite a few times outside of AEW. But they, and I said that on the show, and, and Xander was like, well, this is only the second time in AEW. I don't give a fuck. Because right. AEW considers everything outside of WWE canon. And they, and they proved me right because they said it on the show. Well, these two teams are only meeting for the second time here in AEW, but, and they had to mention it because it's they've wrestled each other a thousand times. Right. Of all the car crashes you're going to have, this was one of the better car crashes that they have had. But right. it's, but it, and it was entertaining. If you t- again, I'm gonna say this phrase a lot because that's kind of what AEW is. In a vacuum, fuck all the build up stuff and just take it for what it is and fr- just look at what you're looking at in front of you. That shit looked like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But, again, if, if this is where the nitpicking comes in. Nothing hurts these teams. They don't sell a fucking thing. They super kick each other. They never fucking fall down. They do the wobbly thing where they wobble for a bit. Oh, they wobbled extra they, wobbly. <laughs> they, well, it's the pay-per-view. You bring out the extra good oh, wobbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, know, you take it from the back of the closet. <laughs> Get the, <laughs> the mothballs off of it. Get or whatever. the good wobbly this knees is out a, the closet. You can hear him down in the basement. Babe, get me the good wobbling. Bring that down here. I gotta take it. I'm gonna pack it in the car for Chicago. I need the baby deer I knees. Know, yes, <laughs> the Venetian. Bring out the, the venison. Bring that out. Uh, the good wobbling. They don't sell anything. They don't do anything. You mentioned earlier there was blood, and that's to be expected, oh, which yeah. is true. It- but the cage is not what bled him. It was a thumbtack shoe that made I'll him. I'll give him that. That no, was no. It's a dope. Cool. It's a dope concept. They are the originators of that. From my, from my experience, they're the first team I've ever seen do that. They used to do that spot over in PWG, and they made it famous when they used to kick Candice in the face with it. But when they, when they saw the bag. When Brandon Cutler, who is a waste of space, when he brought that bag in, and I, and I saw Matt sit on the mat, I was like, oh, here comes the shoe. And I, I like the shoe because of its originality, but I, again, again, I don't like it as a worker because I don't trust that shoe. Once it's on, right, yes, you have a spot you have to work where you kick a dude in the face. I get it. But you're now still, when that spot is over, you're wearing a shoe with spikes on it. And I don't know what you're stepping on. And if you fucking step on my hand or more my face or a leg or something with that fucking shoe, we fighting. Just, I mean, just so we're clear, it's on, right? Like we 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 are scrapping, no questions asked, because that shit is dangerous. And I'm not losing TV time because you wanted to be cute with shit. I don't think the Lucha Bros would have gave a shit, but it is what it is. I, I don't like the spike shoe. I like the spot using the shoe. I don't like the unsafetyness of walking around with it. So, yeah, so so Penta's got a broken mask. He's bleeding like fucking crazy. Ray Phoenix, yeah. Ray Phoenix, which was the one, when we talked about this match on the show, me and Xander for, for very rarely are on the same page, but we were with this. We both like Penta. You're a Ray guy, though. Yeah, I like Phoenix. So uh, when, and he showed his ass. Yeah, yeah I was going <laughs> to say, yeah. So he gets on. He, he, Pence is the smartest man in the business because he knows that his brother is a fucking lunatic. Mm-hmm. So, of course, uh, I, I call it the whiplash mentality uh, from the GOAT, from the Zoltan, whiplash. Whatever somebody pitches to us a weird-ass spot, 
it's usually Whiplash is going to fucking take it. Right. You know, Cage, whatever. He's our resident crazy person, unless I'm in gear and then I'm the crazy person. Right. But we all knew once we saw the size of that fucking cage. Someone was coming off. Someone's coming off. And it was, they did not even bother to try to lie to us. No. There was no teases. Mm. Everyone was aware. You look at the four guys in this match, who's coming off the cage. It Phoenix almost, is coming off it's bitch. disrespectful to even pitch anyone but Ray Phoenix. Right. So of course they don't even they don't even they don't even tease anything else. The Bucks are on the ground. Penta literally there's not even like a cute little setup. Penta literally just slaps Ray on the back and just points. Just get the fuck up get there. Get up dude. there right now. Serve <laughs> your purpose. Let's <laughs> <laughs> it's time to kill the gringos, Rego. <laughs> Get up there. Serve your Yeah, I do all the wrestling, you kill yourself. This is how this team works. That's it. And he goes up there, they do the big spot deal and uh, Beautiful dive, by the way. Well caught. Beautiful dive. I don't they they did the pile driver thing after. I love the fact that Ray did the whole stopping Matt Jackson thing for the pin. That's when you knew it was a dope pin. You're like, okay, this is Right, 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 right. And, and he uh, finally like jumped on, yeah. and that's rare, man. You don't see that a lot. That was an attention to detail that isn't normally shown in their matches, so I'll give that to them. Right. Apparently, some of the American stuff is starting to starting to rub off, so that's dope. But sooner or later, we'll get the Lucha Bros in a wrestling match, and then they'll, they'll really be good. Mm. Um, when this match is over, this is and this is my favorite part of the whole match. It's after the match is over, and Penta is bleeding. Like someone, Profusely. yeah, like someone, like one of those old war photos from back in the day. He is just, he is red all over. And he, they're emotional. They just won the tag titles. I get it. And then Penta rolls to the outside. And you could tell this wasn't planned because the referee is on his ass. They're like, dude, because he's bleeding. And we're in a post COVID era and he's headed toward the fans. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. someone in the back had to have been flipping out. Because the referee is screaming, yo, you got to get on this ramp, bro. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. goes to the side. And he goes to hug his daughter, and he's hugging his wife, which is a good yeah, moment. Yeah. He's just looking like a massacre. People. Yeah, and blood he's everywhere. getting blood on his family. <laughs> he's, I'm crying laughing because he's, he's hugging his daughter, and then the wife comes over. You know, she's trying to get her shine because fuck this little girl, right? I, I, this, I, I'm the one to fucks, and I, I get the hug first. Right. And he's putting blood all over his fucking family, foreheads and cheeks, and they got to go back in the audience. That's hilarious. So yeah. this referee is like, yo, <laughs> this dude's crazy. Fuck, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm on the couch, I'm bawling, I'm laughing, because I'm like, yo, he's about to fucking. He won the tag titles, and he's celebrating by fucking this whole, I'm putting all y'all motherfuckers in the ICU. Let's go. Yeah. We're the tag champs. That's it. No breathing. We're going to have breathing restrictions all the way around, bro. Uh, yeah. Like, you could damn. tell Phoenix was yelling at him. Like, dude, yeah, come on. Yeah, they're like, go. yo, what the fuck? We already Isn't went. That? I also had, I, I didn't realize it until that happened. My initial, like, I put it together with the blood and stuff. That, that was something I thought of after the fact. In the moment. Right. I actually thought they were in a rush because maybe they went over on their time. Because that cage match, I'm looking at it right now, 22, 22 minutes and five fucking five. minutes. Longest match by far on this fucking car. The EVPs always go long. Christian Cage and Kenny Omega, 21 minutes. The Battle Royal, 22 minutes. This fucking match, Jesus Christ, 22 minutes, five seconds. We have yeah. new tag champs. Jesus, moving the fuck on. Jesus. <laughs> it was a good match, man. It was good. 
Good. I'm happy for him. I uh, can't wait to see the inevitable Santana and Ortiz Lucha Bros revival of that fucking feud. That was the feud that set Impact Wrestling on fire. That was the feud that got him all signed to AEW. Uh, so we'll see if that's where they're headed next after that fire tag match that Ortiz and uh, Santana against FTR put together. We'll see where the tag division heads now in the future now that it's being fueled by Mexican power and the, the Christian white boys are no longer the tag champs, so that's nice. They were so, they were so sad. <laughs> they were so sad earlier. Uh, and not earlier, later in the show, when the Young Bucks came out to root on Kenny Omega, they were so sad. <laughs> they, they were so sad. Were so sad. No belts. They oh. didn't have their usual swagger because they usually come oh. out with the belts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their, their weight distribution was yeah, a little off. Yeah, a little off. A little off putting. They think... do that little stupid stutter step hop shit that they do when they come out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looked it's funny because I'm sitting, there, I'm sitting there watching these guys, and I watch. I, I don't know. I there was always something about them that I didn't know. What to fuck the thing and you, the, when i was watching this match i just randomly told my boy i was like if they came out as gay lovers this whole tag team would make so much more sense oh to me oh my god the incest, <laughs> the, the incest like, angle alone dude i would be i'd be like you know what i get this i love everything they're doing but no it's not the case so I, now su- it's I support fucking weird. <laughs> yeah it would actually oh, I, I know it sounds weird but i honestly mean that like if they were gay lovers I think they wouldn't look as weird to me as they do right now. I guess that says a lot about their gimmicks. Yeah. So that, that this this <laughs> if they were gay lovers, <laughs> the visual would make more sense if they were. Fucking. It just would, dude. This would be the greatest tag team of all time if that were the case. Oh look at that's all. Look at what they got to do to get me to fucking be a young bucks fan. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sacrifice. I'm not sure they're willing to make here. Hey, whatever. He said, Listen, dude. that's nothing's off the table, but your ass. Their body, man. their choice. You know what I'm <laughs> well, don't tell that to the people over in Texas, because that's not how they roll down there. Oh, okay. We yeah. digress. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They, well, my wife said it the other day. What's with all these anti-abortion laws? I'm like, bruh, that's not an anti-abortion law, bro. They put a hit out on pregnant women. They, <laughs> they put a hit out. They on put them. a hit out. They literally said, not only are you not allowed to have an abortion. And then they went to the microphone real close and said, if any of you motherfuckers even hear these bitches say abortion, you let us know. I got 10 G's on the table right now for you. you oh, snitch. shit. They will put money, bounties on women talking about, nah, y'all niggas is not doing shit. Mm. So there goes that. Don't tell Texas. Well, speaking of y'all. women. Speaking of women, there were a whole lot of women in this. I don't know if that was the greatest segue. No, because I don't think. I don't <laughs> I don't think an abortion conversation is where we should have been before oh, here, but listen, gonna... we're here, okay? Let's just, we're here, Okay, all right? dude, go alive. <laughs> we're going live, fuck it. Uh, no, but uh, I, I bet you this, all 21 of these women would fuck these motherfuckers in Texas right up if mm. they had the chance to get their hands on these bitches. But I digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a conversation for another episode. I want to I'm actually not... When the, the sidebar for just a second, when this show started, I actually dabbled a lot in topics like this, um, mostly because when this whole thing started, I really wanted it to be uncensored mind, like whatever was on my mind. Like that's how the show kind of originated and started. And I never got any negative feedback for any of the stuff that I said. Obviously, besides the usual, I disagree, blah 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 blah. blah. But never told by anybody, hey, maybe we should just stick to wrestling or, you know, maybe we shouldn't divulge to these topics. It never came up. People actually were kind of into the conversation for a while. And then I decided to stop 
because I wanted to, I felt like my show was getting too negative. Because every time I turned around, there was another fucking thing to talk about. So I kind of just pulled back on that. But this is a topic that I actually feel really strongly about. But I'm waiting to see how this goes. I want to see, because now President Biden is suing the state. I didn't even know you could do that, by the way. I don't know. The, I didn't know the president could sue states. <laughs> I didn't know that was a power he had. Mm. But it's all over the news. Like, yeah, Biden sues Texas administration or whatever the fuck. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. So I'm. I'm I'll like, see you in court, yeah, buddy. Oh, word! You're gonna you're gonna make these women do this. Fuck. My you. mind, my mind's so stupid. I see a courtroom with a, like a judge and then Joe Biden standing there, and then on the defendant side, it's just like a map of Texas. <laughs> Like that's how my, I just I just want everyone to be aware how my brain works. And, and, and Biden is sitting there angry as fuck. This yeah, yeah, oh no, it's like no one no one is like weirded out the fact that it's like well, it's like one of those maps in school, you know, you pull it down, but it's yeah. like just Texas. Oh my god. Well, you know why no one's freaked out? Because they've already seen him before. I'm pretty sure that's the same map that went to court during the gun law debate. I think he oh, was I think yeah. that was the same guy. Who was there? So maybe he's under this a is, lot of pressure, man. He's he's having, you know, but not for nothing. He kind of puts it on himself a lot. You know, he's yeah, got it, he's kind of got that wild and outlandish thought process. You know what though? But he stands his ground. You know, this, and I can respect that. I he admire that. Stands his ground. That ground. Texas step, yeah. puts his foot down and uh, that same. I will not waver. Yeah, that same ground that is so anti-immigration. They forgot they stole their land from Mexican. But I digress. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, not, let's not talk about. Let's not yeah, bring. Let's like, not go old, let's not bring old shit up. Yeah. Right? It's 2020. 2021. <laughs> and in 2021, Ruby Soho showed up in AEW. That's mm-hmm. what happened with that. The big prediction that everyone knew, everyone on planet Earth, you know, they left the one woman to be determined thing. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, we spoke about it on the show. That was an obvious one. The fans knew it. They were chanting it the whole match. Uh, down to the Joker when they got really loud with it. Uh, they were just, we want, you know, we want Ruby, blah, 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 all that stuff. We knew it was going to be Ruby Soho. Music hits, here comes Ruby Soho. I, I didn't think they'd give it to her night one. Xander picked it, and uh, they did. Ruby Soho walks away with the win, last eliminating Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. I want to see those two in a singles match. That would be mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool. I feel like they're saving Thunder Rosa for a lot of people. Because I think they have this momentum with some of these women right now, and they're giving them the light. I, I don't know. I just feel like Thunder Rose is like a little bit under the radar. But it I'll is. Well, it's, it's Baker's turn. Hey, it's listen. Open. Hey, Baker's turn. <clears throat> I, I knew from jump the Joker was going to get it. I didn't know who it was. Uh, people, You guys were saying Ruby Soho. I had no fucking clue that that was Ruby Riot. I don't know. I don't know her by that name. And I don't know. I just never put two and two together. I didn't see a lot of Ruby Riot. This is her first time wrestling under that name. Oh, okay. Well, then how the hell did everyone know that? Because name? she was putting out packages on her social media, uh, teasing an appearance somewhere. Right. But see, uh, within there you go. Like that's how deep these fans in the crowd were. Yep. <laughs> they were on the social media and all that stuff about they it. But, knew. but anyway, it didn't matter who came out that who came out of that uh, apron as the Joker. The Joker was going to take it. However, I do want to make note. I don't exactly hate this casino battle royale type setup. Oh, this was the like first you time do, you saw it, right? You can do something different like uh, than that, or you can do this. That's fine. But I don't know if I, I, I hate the thought of bringing five people out at 
at a time. I thought that was really cool. I thought it kept a Royal Rumble type match uh, yeah. <clears throat> a little bit more interesting. You know, so some of the annoying parts of the match when you sometimes in Royal Rumbles, you'll get to, you know, halfway through and maybe there's two or three people in the ring and now everyone's throwing like these lazy punches and everyone's exhausted because you've had two people having to keep the action going. Yeah. And then one more guy comes in and he gives a little burst, a little burst. But the problem is, is that they get rid of those people who are bringing the burst of energy and it's the two tired guys again. It really just does something with the flow of the match. <clears throat> but having so many people in there, you can you can go hard and then someone else can step in the middle and have a spot. And I think they kept somewhat the right like right around 10 seconds i don't know if they were doing this intentionally but their pacing on it was really good uh right around like 10 seconds they would get down to a little bit more of a number than the last time if that makes sense they would go down to two then the next group come out uh they would go down to like three or four and then the next group came out and they'd go down to like four again so it just kind of felt like the pace was really good and there wasn't really like slow moments that you would get in a Royal Rumble type match. So I don't know, man. I, I actually thought it was really good the way they did it. It's a it's like folding the Royal Rumble in half, right? Because mm-hmm. a Royal Rumble by default has to be at least 60 minutes. This match only went 22 minutes. So it gives you the good parts of the Rumble in a shorter amount of time. And like you said, when that first suit comes out, it's not going to be that much longer before we get to the fourth. So when the right. fourth suit comes out, the first suit, whoever's left from that, Still has somewhat fresh legs. Right. They're not exactly blown the fuck up. It's not like when you see old man Edge uh, just dripping. Right. And glazed over. And then here comes a a young, uh, full of energy, I don't know, Xavier Woods coming to the fucking ring and just start beating on this tired. Like they all look like like, uh, the first suit obviously looks battle worn, but they're not fucking out of it just yet. Right. And then you've got the Joker who comes in. <clears throat> uh, the Joker position is an interesting one because uh, the Joker position, when they first did it, uh, first time they ever did this style, Hangman Page was the Joker, and he ended right. up winning. And I remember saying on the show, I was like, I don't know if that's – I mean, Hangman was the right choice for the win at that time. I don't know if you want your Joker winning right off the bat. That's like having a Royal Rumble where the 30 guy won right off, right off the bat the 30th guy won right because now you've set this you've set the that's where you're setting the bar so like every role, every casino battle royal since then they haven't really had a joker win but I'm glad they did it here cuz it had been a while and and Ruby deserves it obviously but this you you have to like you said before you used the perfect word pacing there's a timing that goes to this. Just like when you have to, you know, I've had the privilege of writing 30-man Royal Rumble. It's a pain in the ass. Right. Because you've got to keep track of a lot of moving parts just coming up to who comes out when. Right. You know, you got to book that all the way through. For this style of match, it's, I'm going to assume, because I've never done it, but I'm going to assume it's not as time-consuming as the other one. Right. Because it's not, you're not eating up as much of the pay per view. Like, you had a battle roll on a 10 match card and it didn't ruin anything. And that's right. that's where I think it comes in. So that's that's pretty cool. And is this the first time in history that you get a two for one? What do you mean by two for one? Ah, uh, yes. Your confusion is what I was looking for. <laughs> because if anyone was paying attention, you would have realized that there was, there was a singles match happening in the middle of this motherfucking match. <laughs> 
And Ty Conti, and I want to, I want to believe the brother person was what Penelope Ford. I think so. Yeah. Now that you're Bro, mentioning it, out loud. they had the illest singles match. In the, yo, they were they were determined to get on this card. At it, bro. <laughs> like, no. If any, but go back and watch that Casino Royale again, and watch. Just keep your eye on Ty Conti and Penelope Ford, dude. They had a ver- They had a one v one for the ages, bro. Their <laughs> spots were crazy and like it's it was just so funny because to me it stood out like a sore thumb like every time you saw ty conti and, and penelope ford they were at each other's throat that no one else hit those two the whole time and they're doing spots like off the ropes they were going off the top they were doing all kinds <laughs> of crazy shit dude that was so funny but good i at need the to same i time, need man. i know excuse me for the cough folks but i i i <laughs> I need to. I want to edit. I want to take the video and I want to edit just their spots and just put them together oh, and just. Dude, see and how and that I works. swear to God, you'll get like a singles match and people will be like, "Yo, why are other people in the ring? In the What's middle, happening?" In the middle of a battle royal, man, having a singles match. Dude, they oh went in on each other, dude, and it was good too. That was the thing. Like it wasn't just. Oh, they 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 killed it. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> It was oh, so man, good. Man, man. So how do you feel about Soho though when she came out? She got she looked like she lost her breath. The energy that they gave her was insane. But is she really like that big? Is she like a huge indie person? I don't really know much about her. Okay, so I'll I'll um just really quickly. Yeah, she was huge. She she was huge on the indies. She was known as Heidi Lovelace. Uh I had worked with her on a few occasions. She's you know, we have our history, whatever it is. And then um she got picked up by the WWE. And they made her Ruby Riot through the Riot Squad, but it, it, even for the indie fan, right, who had followed her beforehand, her reputation was always is that she was a really, really solid worker. And in the WWE, they kind of let her do this whole punk rock gimmick deal, and it got over even bigger. Mm-hmm. So for the fans who kind of followed her, they kind of already knew she was kind of you know really good talent. But then she became this really beloved like character. And it just seemed, it's so funny, maybe this is a common theme, and we'll talk about this on another episode, I guess, but it seems like the more popular you get with the internet, the more the WWE just wants to fucking rip you apart on fucking camera. No, he doesn't like when people are famous on their own. Yeah. Or not, not famous. Just over on popular. the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he has a real fucking problem when talents are too talented, and it just it bothers him. So... That's right. where the whole Riot Squad became the Jobber Squad out of nowhere, and Ruby was always taking the falls. And then uh, they released Sarah Logan, so it was just down to Ruby and Liv. And but then Ruby got hurt for real, and she was gone for like eight months or something like that. And then uh, in that time, they kind of fell in love with Morgan as a talent. Right. And so when they came back, they kind of feuded them a little bit. But then they realized that Morgan. Morgan can't do this shit on her own, so she needed the worker back in the fold, so they got back together for Mania, and then released. And here, and here we are. she is. And here she is. She's on her own doing her thing. So we'll Ruby see. Riot versus Britt Baker. Uh, Ruby Soho. I want to get sued. sued. <laughs> and speaking of suing, speaking of wanting to take an entity and teach it a lesson and ask for my money back. Mm. Chris Jericho and MJF took place here for the 1500th time. The final fight in big red lettering 
and I'm going to hold them to it. Nope. I'm going to hold them to it. This nope. this better and pin nope. the last fucking time ever. Nope. nope. This was <laughs> this was the buyout. This was the farewell. This was all right, finally it's over. He could do something. No. If they they might, but I'm, well, what I'm Dynamite, saying is it looks like they if moved. they don't, I am not surprised. Okay. I I I actually would agree with that. Um Dynamite, it looks like they moved MJF over to now doing something with Brian Pillman Jr. Okay. So they may have officially decided that MJF is out of the doghouse for whatever reason. <laughs> oh, he was in the doghouse working with one of the greatest wrestlers of all well, time. Well, <laughs> see, here's the th- here's the fucking thing. Everyone keeps. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, laughing because of irony. Yeah, they, they keep fucking saying. Well, what's the punishment here? He's working with one of the greatest of all time. If I stepped onto a basketball court right now, and standing across from me was Bill fucking Russell today. Not Bill Russell from the fucking 50s and 60s. Today's Bill Russell. Barely open his mouth and walk with a cane, Bill Russell. I'd be on the court with one of the greatest of all time. That doesn't necessarily mean he's in goat form. Right. Jericho still has a lot to offer. And I said on the screen, I'm not on the screen, I wasn't on the screen. I said in my house while he was, you know, mid-match, I told my wife, I said, half-speed Jericho is still better than a lot of motherfuckers on this roster. That's a fact. And even in his advanced age and, and his limitations, which he is, let's face it, and you, and you have to be because you're in your 50s and you're not just starting out. Your bump card has been punched since 1990. So, yes, you don't move the way you did in 1990. It's not disrespectful to say that someone's body is tapping out. His mind, he's turning into flair. His mind Ugh. and his brain is telling him, you still got this. You could still do this. And his body's like, chill. <laughs> go home. Go easy on go, me, bro. Don't even go easy. Stop doing this. <laughs> go ho- You have a pool. You have a mansion. His house is beautiful. We saw his house during the pandemic. His house is fucking amazing. He has a palatial palace. Ooh. Oh yeah, it's a it wonderful does, place. Those fancy. He's words. got he's got a hot tub. He's got his house is hooked the fuck up. What are you doing? <laughs> Bumping and doing all this crazy shit. He has so much to offer this business still to this day. If, if he was if he was to stop wrestling today, he would still be one of the greatest minds in in wrestling history. This dude knows how to get gimmicks over, how to transition things. He knows how to do all this shit. In the ring, however, no go. I don't understand how the, I made my complaint on, on the podcast the last time that this whole thing has been booked in reverse. I don't know how you start off in war games. I don't know how that works. He's been around long enough to know. Unless, and the only thing I can think of is that he literally sat there and admitted, yeah, this is in reverse, but I bet you I can still make this rock because <laughs> I'm Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Because Tony Khan was dead set on doing the war games straight out of the pandemic. And Jericho said, okay, this is weird, this is odd, but fuck it, watch this. Right, And that's the only way that I can conceive that a veteran like Chris Jericho would start off a program like this. 
and the whole dinner debonair thing and the whole stadium stampede thing and then we're in the five labors and he's wrestling Juventud Guerrera and Nick <laughs> Gage and I'm just thinking to myself how in the fuck did we get here and toward the end all I can think about is how the fuck do we get out of this right. I'm not saying Jericho is the shits I'm not saying MJF is the shits I'm saying Jericho and MJF are the shits this needs to be over and it needs to be done. And I'm hoping, and you just poo-pooed it a second ago because you're like me at this point. I'll believe it when I see it. When it's, when I see them feuding with other people, I'll believe it. And even then, it's apprehensive because at any minute. Yeah, don't give t- me don't give me you fighting <laughs> someone else because I'm anticipating an interference. A, t- so. a tag match or they, they rekindle it at a casino battle royal or some ridiculous shit where once again yeah. we've got MJF and Chris Jericho. It's like the old Jim Gaffigan joke. I like fruit, I like cake, I hate fruitcake. Don't stop giving me fruitcake. Stop. Legends legends are cool. Legends are cool, and, and those those of you who see legends and hold to high standards look at someone being in the ring with them as something great. But imagine you being the number one talent, uh, like the number one best thing since sliced bread, and you believe in yourself and you're nasty on the mic, and you just want to go in there and show the world who you are. And then the old geezer who was <laughs> the old geezer who was the superstar of old walks up and goes, I like that kid. And then he won't let you go. Like he's just fucking on your arm at all. Hey man, you want to do this? No dude, go away. Like, let me shine. I don't want to do shit with you no more. I feel like that's the case here. It's like, dude, like Jericho, get off of me, man. I just want to go out there and feed with some, somebody my own age, man. (laughs) Yeah. And people will attack you and they'll say, well, you know, MJF beat Jericho three times before Jericho got his win. But you, but I don't remember that. Until Jericho ran down the dates, I didn't know. Because, right. yeah, MJF won war games. And then Jericho came back and put his head in the toilet. And then they had Stadium Stampede. And then they went and beat the ass again. Every time Jericho does the job, he comes back and he, and he gets his revenge. Every time. Mm. So it's been even the entire time. And then eventually he just won out. Which is what baby faces do. I get it. But this was this was I don't, I'm not even sitting here debating who should have won and who should have lost, because that's not my decision to make. Jericho I'm telling lost. you. I'm telling you, he should have lost. He should have lost. You think he, he should have lost? He, Jericho should have lost. And he should have given that. He should just been done. He should just been done. He <laughs> should have been done. Like, like you said, you made a great point with the Ric Flair thing. Like it's getting to the point where he doesn't know you're, you're, that it's you're past. Just, it's over. You can you can still do it, but. Not to the same level. It's like how I felt about Eminem when he just kept putting out album after album after. Dude, stop. You're just <laughs> stop. You're really at, at some point you're going to make me say that I don't enjoy your work. Which and is that's where, where I'm at now. And that's where I'm at. And that's where I'm at with Eminem just yeah, for the, Eminem, the yeah. sake. Like every time he puts out music, I just have the most the opposite of excitement for his music because i know it's going to be trash and maybe some people of this time like it whatever the case may be no but a I'm lot getting, of people uh, are on that wavelength with you that right that, and it just ruins your too, legacy i don't see eminem as a legend anymore because if you really look at his discography he has way more bad albums to me 
then he does good ones. But I digress. This is the same effect. Like, if he keeps where he's at right now, I think he's perfectly fine. Yeah. But if he keeps doing this and then maybe trying to do The Undertaker where he just for a little bit. What the hell was that? Uh, I was cl- I was I was putting something on cue because you brought up something just now that I said that scared yesterday. the shit out of me. I thought I was bugging, dude. <laughs> you literally just said something that sparked something that but, I listened but to. But yeah, yesterday. like yeah. if he does the Undertaker effect where he disappears for you know a few months, comes back, has a match, and then disappears for a few, like please just don't don't do it, man. I'm telling you that only worked for Undertaker because of his gimmick and the fact that. He's Undertaker. I don't care how good you are. You're not Undertaker. But still, just stop. Just stop. Go. Taker go got over with the entrance and the look and everything like that. And that's something you can do well into your old age. Taker's not Correct. out there having 30-minute matches no. with fucking MJF. And the moment he knew his body was shutting down, even though we probably saw it sooner than he did, when he felt it, he stopped. He said, all right, my match was doo-doo. I got to stop. Yeah. It needs to stop. Oh listen listen God. to this. I, I heard this yesterday. It's only a minute. Oh, actually, 52 seconds, even shorter than a minute. I heard this yesterday randomly, just on my feed. You know, you get these random related videos or whatever. And I think it fits exactly what we're talking about. This is Andre 3000 from Outkast. Okay? he You know, famous rapper. Mm-hmm. And somebody had asked him why he stopped making music. Listen to this. This shit is, this, this shit, tell me this doesn't fit. Even just the origin of the word um, hip-hop. First, you have to be hip, and the older you get, you get further away from the hipness. I mean, you can know what's going on, but you know, there's always new slang, there's always new rhythms, new patterns, all that kind of stuff. And once you start trying to imitate that thing, I mean, people see it, man. You know, and it, it becomes embarrassing at a, at a point. And um, and this is just my personal opinion. Like I, you know, just feel like I, you know, wouldn't have much to offer, you know, to the game. After a certain point, you know, it's like being a boxer. I've seen my heroes not be as cool. And it's not, it's not that they're not as good as they were when they started. It's just the world progressed. The world actually took them in and learned everything they're doing and spit it back out in a whole new way. So it's like, it's beyond you at this point. How, how does that not fit everything we just talking about? And you, about. Know, you know what's funny? If more people had that mentality... But I have – I see that's the thing. I'm approaching 40. So I, I can kind of get why at this point now, I can kind of get why people don't. It's hard to sit there and say it's over. Oh, it's no, hard. for sure. It's, it's not. It's hard, especially when you still love doing it. Like Flair 77, he's trying to get booked in a match. It's hard to – especially when you're fucking that good. Chris Jericho is world class. Chris Jericho is one of the greatest professional wrestlers to have ever done it, ever, on any level. He's wrestled everywhere on the planet, and he was number one everywhere he went. So it's easy for us to be like, you know, it's probably over. You should probably transition and let somebody else do this. But it's hard for him to be like, it's done. Yeah, yeah. The fans don't make it any easier. No, they they really don't. Did you hear the reaction from the audience when MJF won the match? Originally, he put his foot. Fo- he put his Jericho put his foot on the rope just before the three count. It was great timing, great positioning, and, and MJF got the win. And he starts celebrating. And the second referee comes out, Paul Turner, comes out and starts telling Aubrey that he saw the foot on the rope, and the crowd went nuts. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he wins the match, and they go bonkers. And I and I have the same opinion that you just said. I said it on the couch when it happened. I said these fans are going to cheer him on until he dies. Hey, he's gonna die in, in that, that ring case, because they—that's what they want. If that's the case, then we're wrong, and he's right. How it only becomes bad when the fans are like ill. But if you're getting that reaction, how do you tell that man he doesn't he needs to stop? That's what I'm saying. You can't. Then we're wrong. You can't. Then he you, doesn't have. He to doesn't stop. believe that he's at a stage where he's no longer like like Andre just said a second ago. It becomes embarrassing at some point. He's not embarrassed. No, people love it. Still. He still thinks that his matches are coming out fan fucking tastic, because all he has to gauge that on is audience reaction. And right. when they sing a song, and when they chant his name, and when and, and when he, even when he fucks up a lion salt, they'll pop for the lion salt. They're still right. popping for it. They're still with right. him. He doesn't even have to attempt the walls of Jericho. I mean, I'm sorry. He doesn't have to even lock in the walls of Jericho. Just the attempt. The crowd fucking yeah, goes. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys peeped it, but I was making the joke after the restart. Jericho countered. I think it was the armbar. He countered that into the walls. And as soon as he scooped the leg up and he started to do the, you know, where he's working the turn into the fucking walls, I grabbed Steph by the arm. And I said, we just got a false finish with the foot on the rope, which means Jericho's probably going to win this. And right. if he's going with the walls, I said, man, wouldn't it be great if he hit MJF with the tamer, not the walls? Right, right, right. The one where the, like scorpions. Yeah, yeah, where he puts the knee down and yeah, he yeah. does the high angle bend. Said, that would be great. So he turns MJF over and he puts him in the walls. And I said, okay, all right. Maybe he respects MJF. I'm not going to put his ass in the tamer. I'm trying to get him over, right? So I'm just going to put him in the walls. He puts him in the walls. MJF counters or fights out. I forgot how that worked. And Jericho goes back into the walls. And then I got hyped because his foot came back. And I went, oh, he's going for it. And he went for the kneel. And I don't know if it felt wrong or he started shifting and his balance was no good. And he said, fuck it. And he went back to the walls. And I went, mm -hmm. god damn it. That was it for me. I was like, he can't even fucking do the tamer anymore. Mm. He tried. You know that was and a he spot, went, too. And he went with the safe bet. He made the right decision. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, don't do it. Because right. you don't, you don't want to fuck it up spot. the finish. Right, exactly. You still got it. Yeah, but you can tell that was the spot. Because right. he, once he dropped that bat foot back, and he went for the kneel, and it didn't work out, and he set his feet back into the walls, I was like, damn it. That yeah. was it. That was the moment. You knew once he pulled him back over, it was over. Uh, he was It It kind of took me out, but I was like, hey, but, you know, it's whatever. He went with, it was the smart move. Don't fuck up. Don't try to overdo something and then fuck it up and whatever. Whatever's clever, but that's so, what it was. So we're not counting the white, the Paul White match. Well, we've got. Uh, yeah, I would. I would say that this was probably one of, if not the weakest match on the card for me. Well, not to beat a dead horse, but when you put a wrestling match on after the cage and the battle royal, yeah, it's but gonna that, fall but, flat. But I did want to preference it with that mean that that doesn't mean it was a bad match. That just means that the card was really good because after these, everything it, after I don't the think cage it was match. bad. 
Every, I don't think this was bad. No, it wasn't bad. It was a really good wrestling match, and that's the problem. Right. AEW's audience is not programmed to like wrestling matches. They're not. They're right. they're just not. I know they popped hard for our next match, and we're gonna get into that in a second. Uh-huh. But 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 for the most part, if you, that's one of the reasons I thought they didn't get into Miro and Kingston. That's one of the reasons I felt like they didn't really get into Moxley and Kojima. You're just saying the audience was up, but I'm not going to disagree with you. They were re- they were into everything, mm-hmm. but they went nuts for Baker and Statlander. They went nuts for Lucha Bros. They went nuts when Robo- Ruby Soho came out and, and got the win toward the end. They went nuts for the moments and the big spots and the kill yourself stuff. That's what AEW's audience wants. And that's the concern I have for everything following the Battle Royal. And that includes our surprises at the end. I'm concerned. I'm scared. Yeah. For that exact reason, because this AEW audience does not, they can appreciate it. Because a hardcore will tell you, what are you talking about? I love wrestling. I can watch. Right. But you don't react to it the same way. So it appears on television like you don't give a shit. For the most, my wife said it during this next match, as a matter of fact. So let's go ahead and transition into this. Cause, that was actually a good yeah. transition because yeah. this match counters everything you said this crowd is right. about. This, let's talk about this because uh, CM Punk versus Darby Allen, right? I said it on the last podcast before we got into this. This was Darby's Al- Darby Allen's match to lose. He doesn't need to win or lose this match. He just needs to show up. Just oh, be, and he showed up. Just be Darby and like you said earlier about Ray, show your ass. That's mm-hmm. it. Be Darby Allen. And when we did the entrances, Darby sits in the corner. He does his Raven thing. And then Punk came out to that massive fucking reaction. And then the clobbering time finally. And two guys are in the ring. And Darby is sitting there. I looked right at stuff. I said, man, WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, doesn't matter. If I had to pick one opponent for Punk's return in seven years, it'd be this kid because this is the one kid who's not going to fucking mark out. He Mm-mm. did not give a fuck. He did, but he got his mark out early. Yeah, he got it. When, he, when Punk first came in, he, he broke character. Yeah. You could see it. He, but it, he, this moment. Yeah, he was business. Yeah. Dar- Darby was not going to sit here and play the I grew up watching you game, even though that's what he played in the promo. Darby said, you know, Punk, when you said that if you were 15, Darby would be your favorite wrestler, well, when I was 15, you were my favorite wrestler. And they, and they played that up, but at the same time, in the ring, Darby had his game face on the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were those visible moments during the beginning, like you said, but once the two of them were in the ring and Darby can feed off of Punk's seriousness because Punk had a game face on. Oh, yeah, he Punk did. Punk was ready to fucking go. He yeah, had to wait yeah. that, for this that, for a minute. That playing around with the crowd shit, like, that was, he was uh, focused. Yeah, this wasn't like when the promos, when he came out and he was crowd surfing and shit. This this was Second City Saint. This was Best in the World. This was the real deal shit. This, this is why I said before, this was the main event. I didn't care if it was match one or match ten. This was the main event of the show. Right. And Punk brought that intensity to that. You felt that this was for real. That this was this was going to be a fight or a wrestling match, whatever it was going to be, it was going to be for real and intense, and it was going to be as logical as possible. This was going to be a professional wrestling match, right. and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And everyone who has seen this match has all said the same thing, 
and I'll say it as well. I'll jump on the bandwagon here. This is the best match Darby Allen, Darby Allen has ever had in his entire fucking life. Ever. I've seen it almost... Every Darby Allen match on AEW, I've had the privilege of seeing some of his other stuff with with uh, with the indie companies that he worked with beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never had a chance to work with him personally, but I've seen a lot of his work, a lot. Right. This is the best match he has ever fucking had. Right. And all he had to do, and I said it on the last show, kid, just follow me, and y'all, it's all you got to do. And he spoke to Darby that whole match. Yeah. And all he, he all, got a lot of experience in yeah, that match. He though. did, like, and you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and give CM Punk credit because CM Punk took this match seriously. He took the job of getting Darby Allen over seriously because he knew everything that Darby did, and he knew exactly when to call it. Right. Not just Punk's own shit. He was calling Darby he, he was, shit perfect. He, he, that means he really is a fan of. He wasn't lying yeah, when he said he, he was, was a fan. He knew, his, he knew his arsenal. Yeah, he, he knew, knew what to do. He knew everything Darby could do, and he knew exactly when he wanted Darby to do it. Mm-hmm. And I know people are making the comparisons. I think I shared the video with you of uh, the Bret Hart X uh, uh, X Pop Bret Hart one two three kid match on Raw, where they were taking a lot of the spots and. And they incorporated it in their match and stuff. And I know a lot of people ran with that on the internet. Right. But on the on the surface of it, just let's say, let's make the comparison. If Brett and Punk are the comparison in Darby and 1-2-3, then it was perfect. That was the exact line of logic that they needed because I remember that match live. Mm-hmm. Brett and 1-2-3 kid. 1990, I want to say 3 or 94. And I remember that match. Very, very, very vividly because I was actually stunned 1-2-3-Kit was in this match. Right. Brett was the world's champion. He was feuding with the top guys. 1-2-3-Kit was cool. I liked him. And I loved that theme. One, two, three. Ah. It was dope. I get it. But Brett brought something out of 1-2-3-Kit even I didn't know that 1-2-3-Kit could do. I became a bigger fan of 1-2-3-Kit after that match with Brett. And I think the same thing happened here with a lot of people. If you didn't know Darby too much or if you weren't really sold in his work before this match, holy fuck. You got to be a fan now because that shit was, that shit was ridiculous. Yeah, he wrestled at a high – see, and, and that's cool. All that's great. But I don't want to take away from what this kid did, man. He, he, level, he, he levels – he wrestles at a high level. You can just see the way he moves, the the dives that he does, how precise he is, the way <clears throat> he disregards his body with finesse, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't seem like he's super reckless, but his style is reckless. He throws his body. He's very limp when yeah. he throws his body, things like that. Um, this, <clears throat> it stood out like a sore thumb on this pay-per-view because it was indeed a WWE match. Yep. The pacing, <clears throat> the moving, the taunting, the getting the crowd into it, the locking up in the beginning, the 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 showing the power, the moving slow, the 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 rest holds. The and, and to me it came off that way because um like I would think I was thinking he was maybe just trying to keep the pace so that, you know, he can make it so that there's less opportunity for him to mess up because I know that was a big thing for him. But the more I watched it, I'm like, no, this is just high-level experience that he's obtained, and that 
is exactly what AEW is missing. I made a comment on Facebook on one of your posts that most, and I did forget, uh, I, I said Soho, I did forget Kristen Cage on that post. He was also someone who wasn't there for quite so long that has a big impact uh, on the company, or at least it feels like it. But one of the really big things that they're missing, because I know people are so hyped about what's going on right now, but their downfall is going to be that they're missing exactly what was going on in this match. This match is what's going to give your company longevity with a ring general that is able to tell a story without committing suicide, right? Like the doing the crazy moves to get the pop and the reaction is only going to last so long. There's only so many of those things you can do to get that same reaction. Everyone is on a high right now. And that's great. But if they continue what everyone else is doing and not starting to learn how to do what this match did, it's going to just start to fizzle out because this, this allowed this match, this match showed skill while also not doing anything too crazy. There wasn't any like insane spots in this match that I can remember. Just a lot of your basic off the top stuff, you know, Darby Allen's things, but the pacing of it, the 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 story it told, how long it would didn't even feel like 16 minutes. This is what the rest of the matches are missing. You're gonna get some of that in the main event too. I was actually really impressed with the main event. But the rest of the roster needs to start to develop some of this. And now that they're being exposed to it and they're seeing it, I know people are like, oh, you know, but this, that, whatever. But I'm telling you, man, this the pacing of this match was something special. It stood out to me. It, it made me feel like I was watching WWE, not that I need to watch the WWE, but if we can get more of these matches and less of the ooh-ah, because that's going to fizzle out. That's that's my main point. So I, I love this match. This was great. I said this needed to be the main event, but the way they paced it and then how good to me the main event actually was – I think they they got away with murder here. Uh, they got away they got away with murder. There's no on paper. There's no reason why this last match would go after the one we just watched. Mm-hmm. But they fucking pulled it off. They pulled it off. They pulled, they it, pulled off. it off. I've had this rant before so I'm not going down this line, but based on everything that you just said, which I agree 100% with, it comes down to the same fucking thing all the time. Slow the fuck down. Right. That's what it comes down to every fucking time. Slow the fuck down. If you go to the circus and you see the guy shot out of the fucking cannon, that shit is amazing. The 17th time you've seen the guy come out of the cannon, it's not as amazing. On the, <laughs> it just becomes on, cool. On the 36th time you've seen the fucking guy come out of the cannon, you're starting I'm to wonder. I'm taking a piss. Yeah, you're starting to wonder what the hell else is at the circus. You have right. to have some sort of meaning to everything that you do. Punk can go out there and and dive and and get hit with a chair and go through a table and do all the goofy shit. But Punk has managed to be able to grab an audience with headlocks. And the fact that these other people just don't get that is why AEW is in the situation that it is. In that comment that you made on that post, on um, the Facebook post, there was a line that stuck out where you said... Uh, for everybody who's jumping on the bandwagon now, a lot of this card was based on the people that was already there. So if you're jumping on the bandwagon now, that's cool. But 
you what this new batch of talent is showing the world is that all the people you thought were good aren't there yet. And hopefully with time and working with all of these new talents, right. the talent you have will eventually get there. But this idiocy that the EVPs were sharing at the beginning of this, when they were saying, well, we don't want the casual fan. We're trying to make sure that the wrestling fan stays happy, which sounds good on paper. Mm-hmm. But wrestling fans wrestling fans don't support wrestling. They don't. Now, that goes for everything. Not, uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that goes fair for enough. everything. The big, I said on the show a thousand times, I'll say it again, I'll never forget Roger Goodell and the NFL. When they did the interview with him, it always stuck out of my mind because that became business one-on-one to me when I heard that because it's true. Mm-hmm. When he went on the air on an interview and literally said, you know, the people who buy the jerseys and the season tickets and they spend the $10 a beer and they go to every game and they drive to fucking practices during the preseason, we don't advertise to you. Right. We have your money. Yeah, you're not going you're anywhere. Not going we anywhere. we are your life. Yeah, you're not Loser. going anywhere. <laughs> I don't advertise to you. I don't right. book. I don't. You know, I don't schedule things for you. We know we have you. We need the people whose money we don't have. I need the new ticket. I need the money we don't have. I have your money. Right. I need the other guy's money, and that's why a lot of times wrestling fans they get upset because they start to like something, they start to get on board with something when it's theirs. They appreciate it. When it becomes everybody's, they don't appreciate it anymore. Right. That's why w- a lot of AEW fans are starting to turn against the brand because all of these WWE guys are coming in. And they're like, well, I mean, this is going to water down. The- no, it's not going to water down. It's going to bring up your quality of wrestling is low. Right. These people are proven talents all around the world. No, and let me, let me, let me interject there. It's, I don't, although it could be better. I don't think the quality of the wrestling is low. I think it's the quality of the showmanship. You guys have no showmanship. Uh, yeah, there's it's it's cool to be edgy, but at some point, like you said, if this company wants longevity, they gotta figure this out. When I when I say wrestling being low, I don't necessarily mean the holds and the movement. The when physical, I, okay, the physical gotcha, aspect gotcha. of it. I'm referring to the fact that. Tony Khan finally has people in the room that when Tony says, hey, we're going to do this, they're going to look at him and go, this is dumb. Why are we doing this? No, we're not going to do that. that we're yeah. not going to do- I get what you're doing, Tony. I get it, but I think we can get there a different way. How about this? Right. I'm not because saying no to that. We sur- just got to yeah, get there different. Yeah, your idea is fine. I like where you're trying to get at, but right. I think we could do it different. He hasn't experienced that. He doesn't have a whole lot of experience in that. All these indie guys and everybody who's just fucking happy to be there, you know, the fucking the Luthers of the world and the fucking, you know, these Fuego del Souls and all of the world and all this shit with the, hey, man, I'm just happy to be here. That's right. not who they're hiring. They're hiring real, bona fide, proven fucking talents. And these talents have been places and they've done things. Now, right. And more importantly, they've done things that work. So they're not going to sit here and let Tony Khan go, okay, this is what we're going to do. And even if they agree with it, because that's what a businessman does, even when you agree with it, you got to put your spin on it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where AEW gets the heads up on WWE because the WWE, this is what it is. This is what we're doing. Make it happen. Yeah, they don't allow you to yeah. put your flavor on AEW it. is going to get – Tony will listen to you. He's going to make the final decision, but he's going to listen to you. And that's where I think AEW wins as far as these new signings. And we're jumping the gun a bit, but I just this sparked a lot of thought during the course of this show when I was watching this. That's the only real thing they have on WWE. They will listen to you. They may not agree with you. They may feel very strongly about what it is they want to do. Right. But they're not going to dismiss you. They're going to listen to what you have to do, or want to do, and they may incorporate some things, and they make it happen. There's there are a lot of chatter online. People say, well, p- the wrestlers want to go there because they have creative freedom. No, they don't. They don't have creative control. They have creative input, which is different. That's a big difference. They don't have the ability to just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Yes, I'm going to do this. They got They have the ability to give their input into what's happening with their storylines and their characters. Yeah, and this only works, by the way, because they're all so battered. Yeah. It's like you beat the shit out of somebody and then you, uh, you put them me, in yeah. a different place and give them a hug. And they're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> they just I'm start tearing up. It. Yeah, like it's Kuwait like, survivors or something. They're just it's like, like, hey, I wanna, I, I wanna go out there and uh, shoot a promo off the top of my head. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait, what? Wait, I could do that. Oh. Yeah. I mean, if you fuck up, you fuck yeah. up. I got Stay plenty of people these parameters. But yeah, yeah here's I'm not heading yeah. to a script. No, no, there's no script. There's no script here. There's no, no writing and then just start yeah. crying. Like, wait, I can really do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's, you're fine. But like, that's also why a lot of these <laughs> WWE talents that have gone to AEW have failed. Because they, they got so used to that system, they don't know what to do outside of it. Right. That's why Sean Spears hasn't worked. Because while he, while he's a hell of a mechanic and can wrestle, just like we said on the show last time, hell of a mechanic can wrestle his ass off. And he's not a bad promo or anything. Mm-hmm. He's just not interesting. He himself, as an individual, is not interesting. Well, There's a lot of people in the wrestling business today who are unaware that they're in the entertainment business. Right. They have no clue. They just want to do the moves, and they want to get on TV, and, and that's it. And that goes up to the highest levels. There's guys in WWE right now who have no personality at all whatsoever. I've shown Pete Dunne to people that I'm like, watch this guy. He's amazing. And they'll sit there, and they'll go, okay, I mean, yeah, he could do a lot of cool shit, but have you heard him talk? My God, what the fuck? <laughs> and that's it. He's And they're off the train. Because it, it matters. These it, different it's things most fucking, important. fucking matter. I would like to go ahead and vote that we just skip this whole big show QT. I didn't even watch it, so it was going to be okay. your analysis only. I literally skipped through it. At this point, it was, at this yeah. point, it's like 3.30 in the morning for me, <laughs> and I, I, I was like, look, I need to watch this last match, but I also really need to go to bed. So I was <laughs> right over it. It was nothing. Nothing happened there. Like you I said, would imagine used, it they, was they, a few punches and Yeah. Well, see that's the thing. And and then and I'm gonna go back to what I said earlier, what I said I, I had something to say for this. But a lot of people were like, Well, you know what? If you weren't gonna have punk glass, it was nice to have this in the middle so that you can just like fucking come down a little bit and then get back up for Kenny and for Cage. No, I'm sorry. I can't accept that excuse. You have a Hall of Famer. Not officially, but he's a Hall of Famer. And Paul White. And this is his debut. You couldn't find another match somewhere to put in the middle of this to get people to calm down. Or at the very least, separate further. Meaning putting Punk and Darby a little earlier or something like that. You had... 
This three minutes and ten seconds. Now I get it. Show's got an artificial hip. He can't. Be I doing think a bunch the Lucha Brothers might have fucked that up. Maybe. I don't think this match was supposed to be three minutes, but when the when the Darby Allen match finished, I'm like, wait, there's another match. Like I looked at the time, like, no, there's they, they no way the there's audience, another match. Yeah, they gave the audience a break and then they moved on, so we'll do the same. Right. Uh, AEW World Championship on the line. Kenny by God. Omega <laughs> defending with Don Fallows, uh Callis in his corner <laughs> against Christian Cage. Um, I had high hopes for this match because of the first match they had. Mm, uh, the one, I feel like the one on the, the on the uh, on the Impact one, right? Uh, the Impact match, I I loved. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I did not like this one as much. I think it was a good match. Fell flat a little bit. Uh, well, I think what killed it for me is this. Ha- this match had more time, and with more time, yeah. they decided to do more things. And, <laughs> right, and I and show I, their age. Here we go. We, <laughs> we, we started slowing down a bit toward the end yeah. there. Yeah, and uh, like I guess the time that they had in that in, in that dynamite match was was perfect for them. That was great. They were able to tell a nice little story with that. And I'm not suggesting as the main event of a pay per view you go five or ten minutes. But what I'm suggesting is is you need to maximize the time that you had. So right. Punk went 16 minutes. Jericho went 19 minutes. The cage match is the one that got out of fucking hand. But if you're going to have these surprises that they had planned at the end, you didn't need 21 minutes. You, if anything, that's what made the match feel a lot better than what it was. Again, like you said, to your point, it wasn't a bad match. No, they but, just had too much time. Without the debuts at the end, it goes right back to what we were saying before. This should not have been the main event. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. This should have been flopped. Right. You could have put Kenny on before Paul White and then had Punk clothes and all that other stuff. Yeah. they. You got the vibe as this main event continued on. Something's Something happening at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this, this is match a was movie. just, yeah, this match was, uh, it was good. It was going. And then it just started slagging ass, and you're like, "Oh, all right." Yeah, you feel it. You Something's feel it coming. about like the 13 minute yeah, mark. Yeah, and then when this match was over, and Kenny grabbed the mic, I said, "Up, oh, all right, here Who we go." Is it coming? And I said, and that's when Xander texted me and said, "If this motherfucker comes out, I'm video calling you." And I know sold his text. I was like, "No, I can't do this right now. I can't. It's too soon." And then, uh, baby, Adam Cole, and I was surprised. Because I thought that was going to be the Brian situation. I said, okay, all right. They went a different direction. They swerved me. They got me. I got nervous. And I said, you know what? I can do I can do Adam Cole right now. I, I'm, not, I'm not upset about that. I, I said very clearly, debuting anybody on this show on a Punk debut match is ridiculous. And had Punk been last and they did this, it would have been ridiculous. Once they flipped it, like you said earlier, once Punk was not last and you started watching this main event, you're like, all right, who's coming? And it was and it was Adam Cole. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. Brian's the bigger star of the two. Hmm. I will I will wait for them for New York or maybe another time after that. Like Xander said, if everything starts closing down, well, then find another fucking city, bro. It doesn't need to be here. And I held on to that reserve for about six minutes. And then, 
Mm-hmm. As if you, they busted one nut. That and, fucking and theme, then, man. And then immediately went into their second nut. And here comes Brian Danielson with mm-hmm. the most ridiculous OD, theme. No, ridiculous. Super bass. I could, oh, dude. I could not believe my ears. What the fuck? I actually, for a split second, there's no lie, I actually thought um, something on my laptop had popped open. Like something, like a pop-up ad or something. Like something like my wife's phone, because she was on her phone. Like she was playing something off of her phone. Mm-hmm. I could not believe that was his theme. Oh, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? I like it, dude. The bass. I want to I want to be in the building for that one, oh, man. Oh, my God. Holy. And that beginning with the fight of the Valkyrie. And I was like, and like you said to me off air, is like, I know that you guys were expecting the final countdown. And, yeah, that would have been really, really dope. But when I heard the fight of the Valkyrie, I was like, oh, maybe they'll get something close to his WWE theme. That would be pretty cool. And then... No exaggeration, the beat dropped. And I went, oh. what the fuck is this? Oh, my God. I love what? it, dude. I know people I fucking hate it, dude. I what love that shit. Fuck? I listened to it like three times. That was such a good... I like it. What the fuck was that? I was like, Jesus. And he didn't say anything, which I also thought was cool. Because if they would have had me out there for another 10 fucking minutes, I would have been fucking tired. I, I was digging the top knot, too, man. <laughs> Oh, they, dude, they, all of that was great. People were making the, the the comparison because Brock came out with the nuts. It was like Baby Brock. It was a baby, baby, baby Brock. Baby Brock was out there. Was like, That's oh, funny. Man, oh, man. I didn't even put the two and two together, man. <laughs> That's funny. The, uh, I, I don't want to overlook the main event for the surprises, uh, although everyone probably was just waiting to get right to the surprise. The, the, the match between Kenny and Kirsten Cage was not bad at all. It's actually, again, one of the better Omega matches. And like right. you said earlier about these guys coming in here and doing a different style. I I know that Omega is the champion, but I have to believe Christian is the one calling these matches. I'm oh, not yeah, saying yeah, yeah, Kenny's yeah. not so. able to do these matches. I just don't think he's adept at calling matches like this. Right. And it's the same way through. That's why I said that I was going to talk more positive about the latter end of this pay-per-view than in the beginning. Because in the beginning, like you said, we started off with that 10-man tag, and it's all the AEW stuff you're used to seeing. And then right. we get the Miro and Eddie, and we get the wrestling match. And then Moxie and Satoshi give us a wrestling match. Britt and Statlander got a huge reaction for their match, but if you really watch it, it's a wrestling match. It's a wrestling match. It's a wrestling they match. Just yeah. They just love those two They just love those two. They love those girls, man. The they're, cage they're, they're match was over. an AEW thing. The Battle Royal was kind of an mm-hmm. AEW thing. But then we mm-hmm. got Jericho and MJF, a wrestling match. Right. Punk and Darby, a wrestling match. Right. Paul White and QT Marshall were quick, but it was an angle, a wrestling angle. And right, we've got and we've said games. that on the pod before. Like, we didn't expect anything from this. This is a yeah, this is a gimmick. Segment, it's a gimmick. It's a, yeah. a stomach. Yes, yes, yes. Which yes. was the perfect perfect description of what it ended up being. Ten matches on this card. Only two of them were the typical AEW stuff. The rest of it was wrestling, and wrestling fans walked away from this and said this was great. And the fact that you pointed that out answered my own question because I was curious. I wasn't being rhetorical when I asked that question on Facebook. I was honestly trying to figure it out, and until you pointed it out. That's what this card had that made it so good. You have a mixture of the wild shit while yes. having high profile, well paced matches. Yeah. Whether the whether your whatever your favorites and your least favorites are, they're all. Uh, let's uh, the Chris Jericho has a lot of WWE experience. 
CM Punk, a lot of WWE experience, and then Christian Cage, a lot of WWE experience. And the, what I used to say before, I'm much, what I hated about WWE is that it always just felt so slow. Like, so slow. Oh, come on. But, oh, another headlock. Oh, here we go. Oh, look yeah. at the taunt. But then, but, but as I got older and watching wrestling and stuff like that, and then you'll go watch the fast stuff, and it's just like, okay. But if you can find a middle ground <laughs> where you have some matches that will just go, 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 and then some that knows how to pace it, it feels better. And I think the problem with WWE is that they don't have a lot of matches usually that's go, 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 go. And they'll have those guys who can go and they slow them down on purpose. And I think that's where the, the balance in WWE kind of gets me. But this card had an example of both. And I think that's why, regardless of which match is your favorite, uh, was why this, this card just felt so good and entertaining to watch. Now, can they do it again? Because again, a lot of these are huge hype and you're relying on people who are, let's be honest, they're just, they're not going to be doing this much longer. So who's that's, stepping up? That's, that's where it? my, that's where I'm scared because right. look at this card, right? Get the, I'm looking at, look at the card here. You can literally, now, as of right now, you can remove Paul White and QT Marshall and you can input a Daniel, a, a Brian Danielson match. You can pull out Moxley and Satoshi Kojima, and you can put in an Adam Cole match. You can pull out this ridiculous cage match and put a Malachi Black match in. Oh, you, my God. That guy's can, so good. You have, I'm in love with Malachi we, Black, we by were, the way, dude. This we guy is saying, insane. We were saying He's so good that it was never the players. It was always the coaching. They always Correct. had talent. They just didn't know what to do with it. On now record they have a roster with people who are players and are very aware on how he should be coaching. And right. now he's outnumbered because the people he's going to want to use are the people who draw. If you look at all the advertisements or people that AEW was putting out now for their upcoming events, it's all these guys. It's Ruby Soho. It's Adam Cole. It's Brian Danielson. It's CM Punk. It's Malachi Black. It's Miro. It's Andrade. That's who's on the advertisements now. It's not Private Party. It's not the hybrid. It's not Lance Archer. It's these guys. And the reason right. they're doing that is because they draw attention. They draw money. They're more over. So over time, you would hope that these new talents will be able to get the Luchasauruses and the Jungle Boys of the world more over than they were before. But in order to do that, you need the coach to execute the right plays. So instead of Tony sitting at a table going, you know what Luchasaurus should do? There's a Punk or a Brian or someone with real experience, a big show who's experienced working with big guys. Mark Henry was going to sit here and look at Tony and say, you know what? He could get over if you did this, if you tried this. Or if Tony has an idea, he has a million people. He can be like, what do you think of this? How do you think this should go? If he's really doing an atmosphere of communication like he claims he does this is the best talent pool to do it with when he was surrounded by a bunch of talent who not for nothing were talented individuals but had no experience on a major league level tony was swimming by himself even as evps were new to this the young bucks had never worked a major company in the states 
Kenny Omega had never worked a major company in the States. Cody did, but Cody was always somewhere felt, near the middle. I felt like Cody, and, and uh, again, and this is why I disliked AEW so much. I felt like Cody was living out a dream. Right, and it, it was obvious, and this is, and that's the current reason why I hate the young bucks right now is because it, it doesn't feel natural. It feels like, hey, this is my moment, and I'm not gonna let it go because I'll probably never get it again. But since, uh, I'm, where was Cody on this card? Well, see, that's the other problem. Cody, Cody's doing the whole reality TV. He's filming a TV show. He did the angle with Malachi Black where they did the retirement deal where he had Malachi had beat his ass so bad he retired and all that stuff and took his boot. And he's been waving his boot around at his he, he not Malachi Black not only beat the shit out of Cody, but he's been fucking his family up for weeks too already. So you know they're building up toward the big return for Cody and Malachi whenever he's ready to come back. But Cody is an interesting situation because when this whole thing started, Cody was the wise one. Remember, Cody was the experienced one. Remember, he was the WWE guy. He was the one that had the connections to Jericho and brought him in and Moxley and brought him in. He was the one where he walked into the room. He was the big dick because he was the one who had worked with everybody. You know, how many how many current talents were in that locker room in AEW who's got taker stories or working with Randy Orton on a weekly basis? Nobody had that. But now he comes back in the locker room and there's not only people who can say that, but people who succeeded on a higher level than he did in WWE. People who headlined WrestleMania, who won WWE championships, who traveled overseas to the Europe tours, into the Japan, everything he did, these guys did it and they did it better. So when he comes back into the locker room, yeah, he's got the EVP title, but his dick is right back to where it was in WWE. He's back to the mid card again. Unless See, he comes and now this and is starts. where I disagree. So, again, you didn't answer my question. You long-winded way of not answering my question. Where what was he on this card? You're speaking hypothetically. Where we no, I want him? you. To, I want you to answer the question. I answer where the question. Is he's he? not here. He's not on the. He's not okay, be that's on the what I want to hear. Well, that's yes, what I started. And it with. is what? No, you didn't. Yes, you I didn't did. I said he's off filming a television show. And yeah, doing you did a roundabout an way. Angle, and he's I gone. Wanted, I wanted. That's he is literally not the first thing I said. Card. He is not on this card, and it is one of the better cards that I've seen. Now, that is not to say that he's a trash wrestler. I know, I know, I've been on his ass. That's not to say he's trash. That's yeah, not to yeah, say his gimmick been, is trash. That's not to say that he's a terrible person. That's not to say that he should never be on TV. My thing is, is it spews through the camera when you're having a living my moment phase. And that's what it was. He's, he's stepping back now and he's doing his other stuff. Mark my words, when he comes back, I will have a different opinion on him as wow. long as he doesn't keep oppressing the roster. But when he comes back and he puts himself in good moments because he does have a presence, he does bring a lot to the table, obviously wouldn't be here if he didn't. But if he can control that and put himself in right in the right position as opposed to always being in the ring when someone debuts, let's not forget that that was the case. Every time someone who had a name or some type of relevance to him, he was there every single time. Yep. He wasn't now. And to me, you guys can like whatever the fuck you like. But to me, these debuts aren't being oppressed by his presence. So now when he comes back, I think I'm going to have a different view on him because 
his presence is missed. He's a big part of this. But you, you, you had to fucking just step back for a second and let the company shine. You've done your part. Now, and, and you're still part of this. It's not like your moment is going to leave. It's only getting better. So now just play your role better. Go do your matches. But don't be everywhere the belt is. Don't be everywhere the debut is. Don't be like the guy who photobombs everything. He photobombs all <laughs> everything that happens in AEW at one point. I'm surprised he hasn't started doing the Triple H picture whenever somebody wins the NXT title and then Triple H takes the picture with them. Yeah, he's just like randomly. No, he's like photoshopped in the background somewhere, like eating popcorn or something. like he's just there. And that's the way it felt. And honestly, until you until we started talking about it, I was like, oh, shit. He hasn't been like his face isn't plastered all over the big moments that are happening. And it's a good thing. So when he comes back, it's going to feel better. And I feel like the place is going to erupt when they come, when he comes back. Oh, too. Yeah. When he so. has his 30 minute entrance again. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. He, when he comes I through the I, entrance I, I, in a different way than everybody else. Yeah, because he's the star. Right. And, and, I, and I really it's so funny that you say this because the whole I'm living a moment thing. If and when he comes back, and I know it's not going to happen because it's his bread and butter, and that's where he feels the safest. But can we stop talking about your dad for like, f- give me like two weeks, <laughs> just like two, two weeks, weeks, that you make it adamantly clear every time we see you that Dusty Rhodes was your father. We we all understand that. We can see it. Dude. We can. We can. Oh yeah. We no, see we him in you. Just yeah, relax. You, you colored your hair mm-hmm. and everything. Like it's just. It's just I've never seen it. a motherfucker more proud to have been. We get it. You love your dad, bro. Yeah, you love your dad. We we all understand. Right. And you're your own man, and he he can actually perform rather well, actually, in the right mm-hmm. conditions. Okay. The the American Nightmare. Okay, fine. You're doing something different. It's still a play on your dad, but at least it's not another dream thing because he did that on the last show. Not the one with Malachi Black, but the last pay-per-view he did, I think the one with QT Marshall, when he came out and was announced as the American Dream, which, stop. Stop. We get it, bro. It's all right. You're talented on on your own. Dustin was his son first, and I never hear him talk about it. He said he was his son first. Yeah. Dustin <laughs> came out of his balls first. First. And I never hear Dustin talking about it. It's all Cody talks about. Not just his dad, but his dad's history, his dad's resume. I wanted to win the NWA title because my dad won the NWA title. I wanted to do this because my dad did this. Now, maybe I'm salty for obvious reasons, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Where's your dad, loser? Uh, where's, where's your fucking deadbeat dad? Uh, yeah, but I just, for his own career's sake and for his own perception, I think he needs to chill with that. Because I think you're right. It's always, uh, I've been waiting my whole life for this. But he says it every week. Right. Like Sting debuted. Oh, I've been waiting to get in the ring with you. Oh, I've been waiting to do this. I'm like, like, bro, why are you waiting so long? What are you talking about? Why are these the things that you're waiting for? Why haven't you used your EVP powers to try to get out of this stipulation about you and the world championship yet? Why? Right. There are so many things you could be doing that you haven't because you've been focusing on, on all this other stuff. Right. And and I think somebody online said it perfectly that wrestling to him was a means to a way. It was never about the wrestling. He can do it, and he does have a love for it, but he doesn't have a passion for it. This was a means to an end. This was this was a way to get him and his wife on fucking TV. Period. Because for some reason we can't do shit in this industry without his wife in it. 
His wife has to do something. And this is coming from someone who dragged his wife everywhere during his <laughs> I was about to say, that's weird coming from you. Yeah, exactly. If you, given, your, given, given your choice, yeah. you'd have her with you every second. But I have my wife with me <clears throat> at a backstage capacity. My wife did videography. She recorded shows. She helped me with music. She had a fucking physical job. She is right. not out there on a microphone cutting promos poorly and telling shitty stories that don't make any sense. Gimmicks wow. that start and don't finish. Damn, she caught a straight. She's been all over <laughs> Collateral the Collateral damage over here. Brandy Rhodes is just... And it, she's the most obvious case I've ever seen on the major TV level of I'm here because of who I have sex with. Wow. And that's Damn, is that just, me talking or you talking? Well, Holy just, shit. It's what it is. How many of these people... How many positions for as many times as they talk about giving people opportunity, and they have, I mean, I just feel that that's a limited deal when all these other opportunities, and they're not the only ones guilty of this, but, I mean, everyone on the independent circuit, they may not have the balls to say it, but they all talk about it. It's all friends wrestling. Unless you're a friend of somebody who's there, you don't really have a shot of getting in. Well, that's life. That's that everywhere. It is life, but I'm gonna always also, point that out. That's everywhere. That's everywhere, and that is life. But it it you get a frown, and you start to think about people a certain way when they make the case very early on that that's not what they're going to do, and they right. immediately do it. That's the only reason why it comes up. Just like when they said sports based wrestling, and that's never happened ever. Right. We might get be getting closer to it now. Because of all this new talent we're bringing in, or we're bringing in, they're bringing in. <laughs> I was about to say, but, damn, you claim yeah, them? Not after what I just said. There's no shot for me now to be doing it. <laughs> it's, it's over. It's over now. But it's just, it's just to me. You don't disrespect the queen. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, exactly. God help those who disrespect his queen. That's and it. And I'm not really trying to be disrespectful, to be honest. No, with you. I'm stating I don't an observation. Think, <clears throat> I personally don't think you are, but I'm a rationally thinking human yeah, being. I'm, and those are I'm rare, stating so. what I feel t- from what I see. Okay, I'm sure she's the greatest person on the planet, wonderful mother, wonderful wife, yada, yada, yada. I'm referring only to her performance in the business. That's it. I'm not criticizing her as a human. I don't know her, and I don't care. Right. And she doesn't know me, and I'm sure she doesn't care. She going two shits Two shits, exactly. And that's fine. She doesn't have to. I'm only grading, or I'm only speaking on what I see on the camera, and what I see on the camera is trash. And yet, <laughs> and yet, and yet. No, you woke up choosing violence tonight, <laughs> uh, and, and, and yet, uh, oh. no matter how many times her ideas fail, no matter how many times the gimmicks don't work, they always give her another. So what other, what other uh, outcome can I possibly come to when it comes to her? Give them a TV show so that they, they both have one. go and do I'm, something. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm answering your question, though. I'm like, ready if, to see how that works itself. <clears throat> hey, oh, I'm sure it'll do great because I mean, that stuff works on That TV. might be actually the one thing that they're really, really good at. I actually am interested in seeing that show. I mean, to be fair, regardless be fair, of what you think, to be fair. They, they have personalities. They're very, yeah, like, yeah, no, it's yeah. going to stand out on TV. They'll yeah. be perfectly fine. 
Yeah, it'll be like Total Divas where they do a lot of backstage stuff that we haven't seen before because they use it in the advertisements. You see a lot of backstage stuff. Them talking to the wrestlers and stuff like that. So we'll we'll see how it looks and we'll see how it goes. I'll 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 probably take a look at it just to see how it goes. No, I probably won't, but I don't watch shit like that's, that. That's that's fine. I don't watch it either. I just want it's got the way that we've been talking about her thus far. I have to assume she's good at that. I've seen the previews and the show just it looks like one of those shows. It looks it looks if I were to judge it based on those shows, it looks good. It looks like a high level version of whatever those type of reality TV shows are. I think it's gonna be great. It's gonna do great. I'm not watching it. I'm not. I'm not watching. I'm gonna be watching this. That's that's what I'm gonna be watching. So we're gonna we're gonna move forward here. Cole's in there now. Brian's in there now. That forget all the other business. I, I blew my mind just business wise. And then Xander, what are you talking about? They just set themselves up for fire stuff for the next six months. Yeah, you could have had fire shit for the next two years. Yeah, but you're talking about guys that do not have longevity. They need the they need the con the the controversial payout is better than staggering it. It makes no sense to stagger it. That's why I was confused when people were like, "Oh, they shouldn't blow their load." What are you talking about? Fucking blow it! How long is this load gonna sit stagnant? Just get it out there, get as much fucking experience into your roster because, like, we just spent the whole time talking about their roster is good they just need what these guys bring to the table get them out there get the hype reel as many people in at this moment in time as possible right this moment it's not about sustain it's about burst we want as much exposure as we possibly can and these two guys these three guys these fucking four guys so christian all of them are the things that are going to get people to look at me and now look at all this talent that I have, right? And 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 even if we take those guys off of TV, they can still do big things backstage. That's why I think the 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 getting it all out there is worth it because you're gaining a lot of audience and you still have let these people have this moment, which means they fall in love with your company and they'll linger a lot longer and helping your new talent get better. I don't see any problem with this at all, but I'm a different person. So who, who I'm a, fucking I'm, knows? I'm gonna tell my wife that the the next time we have sex, I'm a nut in like the first ten seconds. Yeah, just get it all and out. She's there. gonna be like, "What the fuck?" And I'm be like, well, "What are you holding that load for, man? Let's go, get it. Let's go." I, mean, I don't know when's about? the next time I'm going to be able to fuck you, so I gotta right, get right, it right. now. Oh, for sure, <laughs> all right. Because because I have to get better at this, so this needs to happen right this. Season. I need to help the next yeah, man, so I, I gotta to get to this help. out the exactly. way. Exactly. How am I supposed <laughs> to pass torch to somebody else? I'm in here fucking you for thirty minutes. It's bullshit. <laughs> I can't coach if I'm quite, out here doing the work. Quite frankly, that's just selfish. You're listen. only thinking yourself at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. No, I I listen. Everything you just said wasn't wrong. It's just the timeline we're talking about. They're gonna get better. You're gonna Who's going to get better? Everyone there is going to get better. Yeah, now. No, it, it would Now, six months from no. now. It if some of these players don't come, nothing changes. Not true. That, I don't, no. I, I don't believe that. I do. With Punk there already. And, I'm, and like I said, I wasn't even opposed to doing Cole at the, at the pay-per-view. So now you got him running there. And then you just say, Brian, I don't understand why you needed – to do all of them all at once, it just—I don't know. It just, there's no. It just, if if the, if AEW would have had a history going into this, of being able to handle 
their surprises and their long-term storylines and their long-term working, I probably would have overlooked it. But because they do everything on a whim and they do everything off the top of their head and they do everything hot shot in the moment. Here, here, here. Surprise, 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 surprise. Yeah, but that's what makes them edgy. Oh, is that what, is that <laughs> what makes them edgy? They're fucking they're the fucking edge lords of wrestling, dude. He gets an idea and he just does it. There's no Fuck real it. fucking Give the plan fans about what it. they it's want, just... man. That's always been his motto. He may not have been the best at delivering it, yeah. but now he has this opportunity to give the fans what they want, give the man. Give people what they want. That's give the, them what they that, want. That's the Fuck best it. friends line, right? When they do the big hug. You, you gotta give the people what they want. And that's they, it, man. And they do that. That's Where's it. Trent? I need Trent to come back. Wheeler Yuta's an okay dude, but I need Trent. Trent question mark. Trent? That's who I need to come back. All right, so that's our all-out conversation there. This was a great pay-per-view. We had a lot of fun with it. This was a fun time talking about it. Uh... I made mention on the last show. I need to clarify this. <laughs> I made mention on the last show that the next time we would go live would probably be the Halloween special, mm-hmm. uh, which I still want to go live for, especially since that's like way at the end of the month. But I forgot somewhere there in the middle is the four year anniversary. <laughs> so we're probably <laughs> going to go live for that. I did mention that I would be heading to your house for that. That's probably not going to happen now. We're probably just going to have to stream it like we've been doing. That's fine. Because I am booked all the Ooh, way through. Except for uh, October 20th on a Wednesday. I'm, right. I am not overly booked for that day. Okay. And I've actually cleared my schedule for that day. There you go. Because there is a big happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard about it. Have you heard what's happening October 20th? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, for what's sure. What's the deal with that? What, what's oh. going on? Oh, well, I am getting married that day. <gasps> oh, gasp. Gasp, indeed. Oh, yes. my goodness. You are getting married. I am so excited about that. I'm acting like I just heard about it two seconds ago. <laughs> Even though I also just opened it. Even though you're the one the that brought it up. Yeah, the scheduling was done intentionally. What are you doing here? Oh, yeah, we got some bells going. We got the wedding bells going. Oh, God. Oh, let's do it. Actually, we get, those we particular get, bells sound like a funeral get, procession. Let me I was about, about to say, yeah. yeah, we could stop that. Yeah, That's, let's, uh... let's turn that off for a second. That sounded dreary. Come on, YouTube. You can do be- be better, YouTube. But anyway, yeah, you're That's getting funny. married. You're getting hitched. And I never thought that that would actually happen for you. Yeah, you and me both. You uh, were pretty adamant for a while there. I was a non-believer. Non-believer. There it right. is. <laughs> well, he never thought he'd find a female worthy of the ability mm-hmm. to receive this kind and of I made And I made that very clear, too. Oh, oh I'm sure... You made her feel like the best woman in the world. No, no, no. I said that every everybody when I was growing up, I made that very clear that no one would ever be worthy. (laughs) Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Especially after all the PTSD you got from watching me in the early stages with this knucklehead. Not just you, man. Oh, Joe as well, right? A lot. Everyone. Everyone's like, no. Like, nah, I'll just play Final Fantasy. I don't need it. Just play Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah, so we're going to get out of here. So I'm going to figure out the 40-year anniversary stuff. The Halloween stuff kind of kind of sets itself, right? It's Halloween-related shit. Uh, i got to come up with some different topics for Halloween. But that was the next time we'll be live. We will be together again next week. we got to make this Saturday thing a regular thing. We'll see how this works out. Scheduling-wise. Either that one or Friday night. We'll figure it out. 
We'll we'll, we'll work on it. But we'll figure uh, it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. One last time before we go, um, really quickly. I asked you yesterday, and your your response actually kind of <laughs> made me laugh a little bit. Where were you this time twenty years ago again? You said you was in the house. I was home. He's home. <laughs> I was playing video games and I heard screaming in the room. So I went in there and uh, apparently planes were flying into buildings. And yeah, yeah, that was pretty much it. And I just kind of like went back into the other room because I hate watching the news. So I just kind of went in the other room and ignored it, I guess. But I do that to everything. Did I, you I'm not, not a realize in the moment how ridiculously historical that moment was going to be? Uh no, in those words specifically, no. No, oh, okay. No, 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 no. But I was still, I was still super. Like I don't know. I consider that young. I look at people now when they're in their 20, 21, 22, 23, and I still, I call them babies. So I was, I was still in my mind. I was still really young yeah, at that you were point. So thirteen. I was yeah, give or take. We had just moved to Jersey not too yes. long before that happened. So yes, yeah, I wasn't even in school yet. That's why I was home yeah. because a lot of people that school let out early that day, and I know that yeah. because no my sisters had went to school before me for some reason. I don't remember. I don't know why, but I remember go, having to leave early to walk to the because I went and picked them up. And I would walk them back home because that's how close we were to the to the school. Yeah. So I would go pick them up. And I remember I was she told me mom says mom said, go, you have to go pick them up because they're letting out of school. So I was like, oh, OK. So then I went and picked them up and come back. So I, like that was crazy to me that they let I was wondering, like, why? Why are we here in Jersey letting out of school? <laughs> South Jersey. To be clear, right, like to me home, that yeah. again, I'm very young, naive. I don't understand what's really the happening. capacity of what's happening. Yeah, I'm just confused of what's happening around me. So yeah, that's that's the only thing I really remember. Yeah. Did you remember <clears throat> my story? Do you remember where I was? No. Again, I I'm oblivious <laughs> at this. Point. I'm so a like very you, oblivious. Like you, like you kid. just said, uh, you had just moved into South Jersey to be more clear for the audience at home. That's why they're wondering. Well, Jersey was affected. No, no, no. They were closer to AC than they were to New York. Like they're in right. the South South Jersey. Right. I had helped you move in. I was right. with you guys down there for a little bit. Uh and then I had made plans to go uh stay with that was around the time that I had made plans to go stay with Dad in Maine. And I helped you guys move in and everything got all kind of settled away and then I put my stuff together so that I can go to Maine with dad. And I left on a bus from, oh, I forgot which one, but somewhere in South Jersey. And I took a bus to New York. It's probably Mount Laurel. Probably Mount Laurel. Or Mount Holly. Yeah. It's one of those mountains. No, it was Mount Laurel. It was Mount Laurel. Mount Laurel to New York. New York to Boston. Boston to Portland, Maine. That's how I got there. But all this went down on September 10th. September 10th, I was in Port Authority waiting for a bus. I walked around the city for a bit. I was hungry, but I was there September 10th, 2001. And then I hopped on a bus and, and went up to Maine. That was a uh, Monday. And I went up to Maine. And, you know, as soon as I got there, the usual shit, you know how that goes down. Booze, whatever. Drinking, smoking, whatever's going on up there. I had a hell of a welcome to Maine party. And I passed out. I passed out on the living room floor. I'll never forget that day. Passed out on the living room floor, and the fucking phone in the house is going bananas in the morning. 
bananas. And I answered the phone. And you remember Grangy? Mm-hmm. You remember Grangy, uh, mm-hmm. their grandmother or whatever? Mm-hmm. And she's on the phone and she goes, "Where, where's your dad? I said, my dad is at work. She goes, is he okay? And I'm like, yeah, he's fine. We, what's wrong? What happened? Now I'm awake because now I'm like, what the hell? And she goes, no, I just wanted to know if he's talked to anybody. Does he know anything? And I'm like, woman, make some sense. What is happening? Right. And she goes, are you not watching TV? I said, no, no, I'm not watching TV. I was asleep. Oh, my God. I fucking hit. get to the yeah, God. I exactly. hate when people do that yeah, shit. She goes, turn on the TV. Uh, so I turned on the TV, and this is no lie. I turned on the TV, and the second plane hit. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck? And as soon as the TV's on, the towers are on fire. People are going nuts. The, the TV newscasters are trying to make sense of what's going on. I called you guys to see if mom had heard anything. I started calling people in Manhattan. No response. I, I, the, everything was down. It was all messed up. I was, I was freaked out a little bit because I was literally just in the morning. I was just there like yesterday morning. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, what the hell's happening? If I would have been, if they would have done that one day earlier, same exact time, but one day earlier, I would have been trapped in New York because you couldn't get off the island. You couldn't do anything. No buses, no trains. Bridges were closed. Everything. You were in Manhattan, and everything was shut down. Uh, people had barely any communication outward. We're trying to find out if grandma and grandpa were good. Like there was a lot of different stuff going on, and uh, so that was the whole day. Obviously, I'm in Maine, so I'll, I'm about as far away as it can possibly get from the stuff going on. But then um, we had received word in Maine that there were because everyone was getting shut down as far as airplanes go with the FAA and all that stuff they were shutting they were grounding everybody but we had received word at local news in Maine that there was uh, police officers and stuff headed to the local airport over there because apparently the hijackers who took the plane from Boston came in from Portland Maine right so they were like trying to go down there and get some information and blah, blah, blah. But this is all in the heat of the moment. So they don't know if people are still there. They don't know if people are related to this situation that are still in the Portland area. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying before about the schools letting kids out early, it happened over there, but it happened over there by police escort. Mm-hmm. Police were going into schools and escorting children out. Because they weren't sure of what the situation... Everything was up in the air. Everything was whatever, whatever. Uh, a couple of days later, I got a phone call from a friend of mine. You know, you remember him, Matt. Remember Matt from uh, uh, downtown from Manhattan? Right, right, right. So he had given me a phone call because I called everybody that I knew and I left messages. He was the first one to get back to me as far as friends go. He was the first one that got back to me. And he was... A mess. He was, you know, he. You could see the towers from his house, and now there's no towers. Every everything was just gray and dark and everything like that. And I was freaked out about him in particular because he was working. He had worked the summer as a as a youth counselor or whatever the fuck, and he picked up his paychecks from the World Trade Center building, and that was the week where he was supposed to get his last check for the, for the summer. Right. And I knew <clears throat> he was supposed to pick up his check on Tuesdays. 
So I was nervous that he was down there to go get his check, and he got caught up in all this shit. So he was one of the first ones I called, too. He got back to me, and he called me, and I immediately felt better that he was okay. But I asked him, I said, did you ever go down there to get your check? He said, no. I said, well, why didn't you go get your check? You normally go down there. I think they have it open from like 8 to noon or something mm-hmm. to come get the check. Mm-hmm. And he literally said, he goes, I overslept. Mm. He said, I was supposed to go, but I overslept. I said, when did you wake up? He said, because he had like smoked and did all kinds of shit. I woke up from the boom. No. He slept through the whole fucking thing. His mother, he was he was a it was a single mom home. It was him and his little brother. Little brother was at a family member's house, and his mother was at working, and she didn't get home till late because she worked uptown, and it was impossible to get back downtown during all this. Mm-hmm. So she basically walked home from uptown. But during that course of time, he was home. He didn't wake up. According to him, he said I didn't wake up till like one o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. And I said, when did you find out about everything that happened? He said immediately. Because he woke up to the sound of sirens. And he's he's like, I, I woke up. I went to get something to eat or whatever. I popped the TV on. And little did I know, about two miles from my house, hmm. the whole world is on fucking fire. And he's like, I, I had no clue. Right. He said, I overslept. And That's I was crazy. like, are you fucking kidding me? You, I told him, I said, you, you almost died today, bro. He <laughs> said, I don't know if I would have died because his place wasn't on any of the floors. Um, the people that he had to meet were on the ground floor. He didn't, he didn't have to go upstairs or anything like that. So he was like, no, I probably would have just... Because the first plane hit 846. Mm-hmm. And the second plane hit, I think it was 903. And 9 is usually around the time because he walks to the place from his house to get his check. Nine's about the time he would have normally got there. I've walked with him in the past because that's where I used to get my checks. Right. So I know how long it takes to get there from his house. And he's right. About 9 o'clock is normally when he would have gotten there. So if the first plane hits at 846, he's not even in the building yet. Right. So he's like, as soon as I've seen that, nigga, like, it's not worth the 108 bucks that I'm probably going to get from these motherfuckers. Like, I'm going home, nigga. Like, what the fuck? No. Right. So he's like, no, nah, I would have been fine. It's just, But he was nervous because he had friends that he knew would have been there and family members that work in and around that area. He had family members that were police officers that he lost in that building. Um, it was a lot of that going around. Right. Finally got a hold of Grandpa. Grandpa also was chilling. He was up early. He saw the whole thing on TV, but he was chilling. And he's across the street from Matt. And he happens to be facing a different direction, but from the top of his building, if you go to the sixth floor of his building, you can see the Twin Towers from there. And they're gone. So it was a whole ordeal thing. So Right. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, 20 Crazy. years ago today, you think about it, it's kind of nuts how all that went down and how scared everybody was and how big of a deal it was. You know, my personal feelings aside about all the stuff that people have discussed since, and I wonder, I wonder if this is how people felt, like, after the Civil War or after Pearl Harbor or after, like, the these big events that have happened in time. Because the things that I saw... And the things that I heard and the things that I felt during 9-11, throughout the course of the years, you hear these selective stories and these revisionist history about how like how the world came together, right? The country came together during this time. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that because <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you were a Muslim 
and you were in New York in September, you got your ass kicked pretty bad. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because you say all that stuff, but my wife has a different experience. What is her experience? With she you? had to leave school because of it. Okay. She's Lebanese. All right. She's Arabic. Yeah. So her family got teased and and like jumped and all kinds of crazy shit. She had to leave school because of it. And so her story PA, is much, right? much different. She was uh what in Philly or something like that. I forget exactly where she lived at the time, but she's still there now next to you or she she left? Yeah. I, ask her, where was she? I would love where to. Where were you? Where were you in 911? You were in Philly? I was when 911 happened. I can actually we, hear her, so that's good. We came back to the States to avoid getting separated from our family. Say that again. What? Say, say that again. I didn't hear you. When 911 happened, mm-hmm. we were in Puerto Rico. Oh, my Puerto mom Rico. Came back to the States mm-hmm. because she was afraid that we would get separated or we wouldn't be able to get back into, like, you know, the, the core states, I guess, because PR was still like a part of that. And then we were living in Northeast Philadelphia and we were getting jumped almost every other day. Yep. See, so people have different stories. Yeah. For some, it's like historic and all this stuff. And, you know, people died and all that crazy shit. We get it. But don't forget, there are innocent people out there. That was yeah. a time where Arabic people were getting like they would be just normal kids that were doing nothing. were getting jumped and beat up and yelled at and screamed. And, and you know what I mean? Like it was hard yeah. to be they were peop- Arabic they were at that time. A, they were there was actual video on NBC News live as it happened. Of people pulling cab drivers of Muslim descent out of cabs mm-hmm. and just beating them, mm-hmm. and I'm like, he's he's right there next to you. He obviously doesn't have like he doesn't get the newsletter. I don't understand why you think that this dude. It's weird. It was all weird. It was. All I re- weird, that's man. the just, one thing, honestly, I remember about that time is how uh, there was a lot of. I remember the, like people were having to come out like, look, I'm not a part of this. I'm yeah. with you guys. I'm here with y'all. Like. And then nobody wanted to hear that shit, yeah, man. They, they it was tell, attack. They tell stories of perseverance and how we rose to the challenge. Like, bro, there was a lot of anger and hatred oh, yeah. and a lot of fucking emotions, not in a positive sense about anything that was fucking happening. After the fact, when cooler heads had prevailed, sure, whatever. But in the heat of the moment, niggas was mad. Right. Like this. Was it's not, crazy. This was like I remember. I, I'm in Maine, like I said, and my my dad, everybody who was either at work or school or whatever, go home now, go home because you got to call family members. You got to find out who's okay, who's not okay. Like you got to assess. And my dad came home and he was just stone faced. Like I don't think he, I I don't know if he was just there was so much emotion that he. he was overwhelmed by it or it, like I don't remember really any like anger he, he was just like wow like he he didn't talk a whole lot he just kind of sat there and just looked at it right. it was just like he was hard to read that as it happened you know during the course of the day you know you hear about the Pentagon and then another plane crashed out here in Pennsylvania and you're like what the fuck is happening and it's just like one hit after another and back and forth. And I think a lot of the older people were just, they were more stunned than anything else. The, the older people I was around at the time were more stunned than anything else. The younger people were scared, nervous. And I remember I made the joke. I was trying to break the tension. Like people were like, man, like anything can happen right now. I'm like, you're in Portland, bro. You good. Like you're in Maine, son. They're not trying to fuck, you know, <laughs> they're not trying to fuck yeah. with y'all. 
You yeah, the only other thing I remember Iowa. hearing was the Pentagon was on like alert. You, you know what? But not, that... not for nothing. I I was surrounded by a lot of white people, and when World Trade Center happened, yeah, it was sad. I don't think they got scared until the Pentagon got hit. And right. Like, oh no, that's that's different. Yeah. That's a military building that they're trying to disable at this point. And then here we are, fast forward, what, how many years? 20, 20 years. and uh, those very same people are storming the Capitol. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're descendants, right? Of the ones that's oh, God, history. The you know what? You know what? Sleeper, sleeper of my life. History, dude. I didn't, I didn't respect it. It's, it's more funny. I should, I should have paid attention more. It's more entertaining than I gave it credit. I fucking hate history in school. I should have paid more attention because oh, that would have been a great laugh. It's the one thing I love the most. I watch documentaries every day, all the day, every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to get ready to go here. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for sharing. And, of course, thank you guys for enjoying all this horse CD goodness. We're going to be back next week. I don't know what the hell we're talking about. We'll see what happens. I have a few things I want to talk about, but I got to get the stuff ready for it. So we'll, we'll be good with that. So we'll see you guys next week. This is my daddy's 200th episode. If you like the soul, buy some mitts, t-shirts, mugs, tank tops, beats to house, phone cases. Go to H-A-O-U-N.com. This is my daddy's 200th episode. This still keeps him busy. And he's not playing with me. So stop listening. But buddy's actually going to me, so I won't fight.